seriously. What the hell's wrong with you people? What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? You need his hard liquor, too, because you had to see that on the side of the... Uh... Well, and of course it was Hennessy, ma- right? On yeah, his makeshift Cause, shelf. Because that's the blackest alligator I've ever seen. Yeah, that's the yeah. blackest alligator. <laughs> the, the blackest alligator. That sounds like a children's book. The blackest alligator. Oh <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly Muslim what they flow? said. Yeah. Who was in the, the, the first Iron Man, but then he was recasted by Don oh, Cheadle? Oh, what's Terrence his face? Howard. Yeah. Terrence Howard. Fuck that because guy. He I is, said Terrence it's Malley. because he's like the worst person ever, and to- Don Cheadle, <laughs> excellent replacement. Yes! Purple Lamborghini Mercy. Argo Robi acting thirsty. Jared Leto, please don't hurt me. <laughs> that's racist. <laughs> no, that's that... not He was almost Jingle, yeah. though. Yeah. No, it's, it's okay. racist. No, it's not. You know he was else? gonna play Doctor Schultz. So how was that racist? <laughs> <laughs> that that would have been actually. I would have been really good. I haven't I'm practiced dentistry in a year, bitch. Two girls, one ladder. Wow. wow. I don't want to spoil well, the movie that's, that's, too much. There were two girls, and there, but was, there the, was one ladder. The, the, it's basic math. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't let your mind run with that though. Too much. No, they weren't doing anything sexual. <laughs> Why you say that? Like, continue, Alex. Like Tom Brokaw or something like that. Tonight, two girls playing with one letter. I mean, we had a whole episode talking about that with Ghostbusters yeah. about yeah. dudes who are just like, I miss, I miss the guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah Where's my penis? <laughs> Where is it? Where's the beef? Who stole it? Someday we're gonna do an episode on either pixels. Or next Friday, and we're Shut gonna up. have Papa Tussaud. Uh, no, <laughs> next Friday. What? Don't don't tell him. Don't tell him. Just don't tell him. Okay. Wait, is that a Friday next, sequel? Don't tell him. <laughs> okay, I know that. I couldn't tell if it was a Friday sequel or a Friday of the Thirteen sequel. Uh. Uh. No, seriously, I was, I was. You know what they should have done? What should have done a crossover. Twenty-two Jump Street and yeah, MIB crossover. That would have been cool. Next uh. Friday with LL Cool J and Jason Voorhees. Fuck yeah! Bye, Felicia. Stab, stab, stab. <laughs> We're bad guys. It's what we do. Welcome into Film Tank, the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this week's episode of Film Tank, we discuss the second movie in the DC Cinematic Universe, which is Suicide Squad, directed by David Iyer and starring Margot Robbie, Will Smith, and Jared Leto. You fucking bitch! You fucking bitch! I'm coming in there! What's so funny, Edwards? Boy, Captain America over here... The best of the best of the best, sir. <laughs> With honors. <laughs> you know, he's just really excited, and he has no clue why we're here. <laughs> that's just, that's very funny to me. I just had that driving range started with Bermuda grass, oh. Jordan. You didn't research the whole thing and deal with the fucking golf course people. Oh, my God, you had to deal with the golf course people, too. You probably had to pay them in cash with your hands. What a fucking burden. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com, or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman.
Hello there again, everybody, and welcome into episode 76 of Film Tank. I am Alex Diekman, along with the two regulars, Nick Cheney. Hello! <laughs> and two- Sorry, I just found my tweet, and I was very excited. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, that's great. That is this generation right here. Oh, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I was looking at a tweet. <laughs> this is important. I guess so. Oh, boy. Tucson Egan also here, as per usual. Purple Lamborghini Mercy. Nagarobi uh, acting thirsty. Jared Leto, please don't hurt me. That was great. Is that a real... Those well, are the that's, lyrics? That's, that's kind that's of a little bit of what that Rick Ross jam is, but not really. No, uh, mine's inc- better. Incidentally, the Rick Ross uh, video good. that includes Jared Leto in it, Jared Leto's performance actually was more fulfilling in the Rick Ross video, which is... That really makes stupid. sense. Well, he doesn't do anything. He just walks around with a cane. So, yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. Also with us, back again, she joined us earlier Guess this year. back? Back again. Anna's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? I uh, hated that song in the movie. Oh, yeah. Well, it was very relatable. Yeah, it was. Anna Bodizadu back again. She joined us to talk about Django Unchained uh, earlier this year, and here she Another is. Another Will Smith. Oh, wait, nope. No, he, he, turned, <laughs> he turned that one down. That's racist. No, <laughs> that's that... not racist. He was almost that's Django, though. Yeah. yeah. No, that's it's not okay. racist. No, it's not. You know he what was going to play Dr. Schultz, so how was that racist? <laughs> <laughs> that that would have been actually... I would have been really good. I have a dentistry in a year, bitch. Oh, my God. Actually, he wouldn't have said bitch. He's too good for that. Hi, Anna. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me back again. It's so good to be back. You are welcome. Yeah, well, we, we figured it would be good to have you back because, you know, we we, we usually struggle uh, as it is. So it, it's, it's I don't it's think good. so. I think no, you guys are great. That Aww. is factually not correct. <laughs> that, is, that is so... That makes two of us at this table. What a fucker. What? I think we're great, too. Oh. No. So before we get to talking about Suicide Squad, which I'm pretty sure everyone will have some sort of thoughts on... Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do a week in review. Talk about films that we've watched or some television that we've caught up on. Um, you guys mind if I start us off? Go for it, buddy. Not at all. A couple films I want to mention are movies that I actually saw. Um, one I saw with Nick and the Whoa. other and the other one I know Nick saw. So I'll talk about that one first. And if you want to jump in and talk about either of these. I will jump in that like a baby kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> like a kid at Camp Crystal Lake. Oh, that was great. Uh-huh. Way to go. Damn. Whoa. Except that wouldn't go too well. Your references are out of this world. Psh. Oh, boy. Wow. This is, I like this. It's good. It's good. Let's keep, keep going, guys. Anyways, <laughs> so the first movie I want to talk about is the new Woody Allen film, which is Cafe Society. And I absolutely love this movie. I, I went to see it. It was doing so much that is right up my alley, whether it be the time period, the absolutely fantastic cinematography, and something that I always go hard in for, which was production design, which I thought was absolutely fantastic here. Um, I gave it a really high rating, and honestly, it's probably, it just, as a film, probably isn't worth it, but it was doing so many things that I personally liked that it just overcame some of the flaws in the story. Because, I mean, the story is pretty simple, but the more I thought about it, the more actually it does try to switch things around a little bit in a different way. And I, I, I kind of like it. And I also kind of like the, the idea of it just being a very simple story, which is right up Woody Allen's alley anyways. Yeah, I also saw it. And I uh, 
yeah, half the half of my thought process while I was watching it was at least at certain parts. I'm like, oh man, Alex would love this and mm-hmm. that and whatnot. And um, I enjoyed it as well. I thought, as someone who's seen, I think probably more Woody Allen work yeah. than I think you have. Yeah. Which doesn't make it better or worse. I think I've seen <laughs> six, but, six of his films, somewhere in there, five yeah. or six. And Woody Allen is the kind of director who basically calls itself to attention to compare it to his later work. Like, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson or somebody like that, who certainly obviously hasn't made 40 films like Woody Allen, but I would say at least those films are distinctive from each other and don't beg to be compared, whereas Woody Allen has like five main plots that he recycles from one movie to another movie, depending on what mood he's in uh, the year he decides to make it. And this is no exception, um, and that's not always a bad thing, because he does usually find a fresh enough angle to A, justify the new cast, and be uh, to at least uh, make it engaging for the the time. Well, whatever. it is uh, anytime I see a Woody Allen film and see a neurotic Jewish character, I'm like, oh, I wonder who this was based on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and, have a quick question for yeah. you guys. Yeah. Um, this is for just my own personal curiosity because I am a huge fan of Blake Lively. She is my girl. I want to know, like, how is she in this film? Because she's like, in it for about four minutes. How are you serious? No, no, she's not really in him. It's more like three and a half. You're right. <laughs> I mean, she would not be a reason to go see this movie, but okay. she's not in it for four minutes. She's, I would say, I'll get, I'll get my stopwatch out when I okay. get this on Blu-ray. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's if not you're a counting big... like lines spoken and that may, but she's, she's just not in. Like she gets no, introduced not... probably about halfway through, okay. and she has a a pretty minor role in the film. Yes. Yeah. However, I will say. Um, Compared to previous works I've seen of hers, no, I have not seen the Shallows. The Shallows, which, which ooh, Toussaint that's, love. That's on my list. You oh. should. You should. See I'm it. a huge fan of like movies like that, and Go then with it. her in it, I was like, oh my Go god. See it. Nick loved it. Toussaint it. hated it. He gave it a three and a half. I mean, I didn't was... give it a three and a half. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, you're making fun of my scorns. Fuck you. <laughs> I like how it took you like five seconds to catch on. It's all right. But anyways, she definitely wasn't bad. Like no. this okay. isn't like. Green Lantern, Age of Adeline kind of thing. She's okay. perfectly casted in, yes, I agree. in the way that she is Blake Lively and um, yeah. she embodies the... She does have, I thought, the funniest line in the entire film when Jesse Eisenberg is explaining that he's Jewish and she goes, oh, how exotic. Yeah. And <laughs> wow, that is good. See, because like, <laughs> I mean, I know this being a fan of hers. Blake Lively's not really known for her acting. Like, I've seen gossip... What, what is she known for? being Whoa. beautiful oh, okay. essentially and she comes from like a family of actors like her older half brother was like one of the sons in like one of the national lampoon vacations vacation movies oh, I've heard and, about like, those. yeah let's whole... not forget her younger sister was the main protagonist in teen witch Ooh, the yes. seminal disney movie about yeah. the the young high school girl who becomes a witch. And yes. It's kind of a musical, and it's one of the weirdest fucking movies ever, and I watch <laughs> it all the time. I kids. prefer Halloween Town. Ah, oh, throwing it back. <sighs> yeah. Yes, with Kimberly, Kimberly J. Brown. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. So, Anyways. like, because I am, like, a huge fan also of Gossip Girl, and, like, I should probably oh, yeah. revisit it because, like, I was really into it in, like, high school. And going back, I'll probably be, like, 
super annoyed at how bad Blake Lively is, and she's yeah, just that's like, how ah, I, that's how everyone I f- is so in love with me. What do I do? Like that was. Her. I have that same problem. So I should probably watch that. Show. <laughs> I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say that's what's gonna happen to me when I start the One Tree Hill rewatch. So uh, you watched yeah. One Tree Hill. So huh? that was just. I've my seen two cents way too many Kathy's episodes of One Tree oh. Hill. Did you actually like sit down to watch it, or was it just one of those things like, oh, it's on? Uh, it's yeah. on the same room as me. So were I you to watch a Brooke it. fan, I, I, or I happen to be dating a a person at the time who was a fan of the show so of course I you can just admit watching. that you were watching it it's no, okay I mean, at some point i was just like fuck yeah hey you've got gossip <laughs> anna's got gossip girl yeah. you've got one tree hill i'm yeah. an oc boy i mean we all got our vices yeah yeah so anyways uh, a couple more things really quickly that's the second time we've brought up that amazing phantom planet song in the last it's like, a great six song. episodes so that's something in yeah. two totally different ways so that's that is, right huh so uh really quickly just to wrap up feelings yeah. on cafe society I really love the casting here. Uh, I thought Steve Carell was really good in, in a smaller role. Um, I haven't, I haven't necessarily thought he was the best part of anything he's been in lately, and I didn't think he was the best part here. But I also thought he was well cast in his role, and he I was my least favorite part okay, of this movie. Fine. Not fine. because I disliked it. It's not like when I was watching him, I was like, "Well, this is stupid" or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he was the only one that I got the sense he was like not completely comfortable in a Woody Allen movie mm. in the same way that everybody else was. Now, I think that kind of maybe <laughs> was fitting describe. to his role, but yeah. wasn't always, uh, I don't know, engaging in the way I wanted it to be. I enjoyed his, for the most part, stoic character, and yeah. I, I thought the uh, by far best exchange that he was involved with was at the uh, the coat. Coat check? Coat check. Yes, that and was then great. you have the... Yes. the callback to that like three minutes later when Jesse Eisenberg pretty much has the exact same scene with Kristen Stewart and it was just pretty much wonderful. That co-check scene was great but it was also the reason why I thought it was great was because I felt like he stopped being in a Woody Allen movie and became Michael Scott from The Office for a split (laughs) second because there's a whole back and forth of like do what you want but I will kill myself. <laughs> wow. Like, yeah, that, that uh, dictonomy was great. In addition to uh, the amazing cinematography, production design, lighting, which pretty much was spot on here, getting that feel of, of this time period in Hollywood and in New York City as well, which I thought yeah. was really hit. Especially that one scene, my wife said, oh, this looks like a fake painting, but the one scene of the old New York um, cityscape with the, the, the river in front of it was just fabulous. Yeah. Um, the gangster aspect of this obviously really hammered it home for me, especially Corey Stoll, who I never would have thought of being a, a good gangster, but boy, really? he was, well, I, I, I guess I just would never I'm have. I'm surprised he hadn't been in a million of them already. I think he will probably get another chance because yeah. he was absolutely fabulous here. And I have to say, uh, it is a tale as old as time. The, uh, the person. The Ryan. Yes. The person getting murdered in a barbershop chair by a gangster is pretty much in every gangster movie type thing. But it was done so well here, and for a PG-13 movie, it was about as violent as it could possibly be, and it was awesome. Well, not only that, but it was also atypical for a Woody Allen movie, which is always, not always, but a lot of his movies have to do with, like, murder, especially, like, uh, mon- the mundanity of it and whatnot. But this is the first time I can remember... Watching a Woody Allen movie in which somebody was murdered and it was graphic in some way, not to say that it was in any way like compared to anything else or whatever, but he never ever shows blood. It's always like the people's reactions and stuff. Yeah. So I was kind of taken aback by that in and a good I, way. Yeah. Uh, so big fan of Cafe Society. If you get a chance to see it after it comes out, it was uh, it was a good one. It was definitely my favorite of his of recent memory. 
So the other film I wanted to mention is uh, a film that I not that I begrudgingly went to go see with Nick, but I was not necessarily hugely into it. I was worried it was going to be another Neon Demon. I was excited, but it uh, it did not end up being as I actually quite enjoyed it, and that was the film Nerve we went to go see. Oh, cool! I know. I'm excited to hear about this. I know it was amazing because it was us and about 25 14 year old girls in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> that were like, oh my god, you guys, Dave Franco? Like, oh. I bet they were all thinking, okay. no, I was the one who kept saying it. They were like, <laughs> shut up. So the first scene of the movie is Emma Roberts looking at her computer, and she opens up an internet browser. Mm-hmm. And in the corner of the internet browser, which you would have to really work to, to look at if you weren't trying to, is a small story in the Huffington Post. And it's just a photo of James Franco. And all the headline says is, is James Franco too smart? <laughs> it was, I, as someone who hates James Franco for the most part, I was I was like, that was hilarious. This is what he should be. Is that, that was funny? Yeah. So that was good. Yeah. Uh, the movie as a whole, I for the most part just dug what it was doing. It, it had a, a very interesting uh, way of using suspense in this kind of movie, which I did not expect at all. I, I thought it would partly be there just because of the, the story matter of it of people playing this. Um, live action version game of humans with Pokemon go, but we got a lot of actual real suspense that, that have felt legit. Like the, the most suspense I've felt in the theater in, in quite a while for a couple scenes, uh, specifically the, the ladder scene, uh, when the two characters are walking on the ladder, over a, a building, which was something. <laughs> the ladder scene. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> with the like, ladder. I don't want to. Two s- girls, s- one ladder. <laughs> wow. wow. I don't want to spoil well, the movie too much. There were two girls, and there, but was, there the, was one ladder. The, the, it's basic math. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't let your mind run with that though. Too much. No, they weren't doing anything sexual. <laughs> Why did you say that? Like, <laughs> continue, Alex. I'm like Tom Brokaw or something like that tonight. My fellow Americans. Two girls playing with one ladder. <laughs> How high will I get? <laughs> Let's ask Little Wayne and see what his. <laughs> what? I don't know. I... Anyway, anyway, I set up a joke and you just knock it down like a ladder. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's fine. Step it's down. Right. It's... Step down. Because <laughs> it's a ladder. <laughs> so oh, shoot. I, I feel bad. I feel like feel bad because Tucson's like smacking his head right now. Like he feels bad for me. And like this is a guy who never gets anything. So I'm like dying here. Fuck you. Fuck. <laughs> so anyways, Nerve had honestly fantastic sound editing. I thought throughout uh, the way it interwove its uh, beat filled music was was fantastic. The lighting here was sweet. It was. It was, it was it was cool. cool. It was it gave the neon demon a run for its money in neon lighting. It did, and it, it is a cool thing. And the way <laughs> the way <laughs> the lighting reflected off of certain surfaces because there's a lot of shiny surfaces just in different forms here. Yeah. Um, and and the storyline was was pretty unique. I I just I just had a fun time. You know what this. I have to say this, just kind of the same thing with Cafe Society. There was just nothing wrong with an hour and 30-minute movie in the days of two-hour and 40-minute superhero films that people have to sit through. So yeah. Have to sit through. Have to sit through. Well, I mean, Interesting choice much. of words. I admire that. In this day and age, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was a big fan of Nerve. And I, I saw it with Nick, and he 
obviously I, enjoyed it as well. I thought it was a lot of fun. I um, I mean, to be honest, you know, I was going into it expecting it to be silly, dumb, and stupid, and that I would enjoy it on only that level. But in the end, I mean, it was uh, it really kind of struck a nerve. Uh, oh man, <laughs> what did I just do hey. there? Oh boy, it's great because. He said he was going to do that when we walked out of the theater five days ago, and I was like, you're going to forget about These it. These jokes take work, people. I don't just come off uh, the cuff I admire these. that as a huge fan of the English language and also puns, Thank I was you. literally oh. in tears about oh. a minute ago, everybody, so just Thank keep you. them coming. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, but no, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really dumb, really stupid, but I thought it was... Extremely gorgeous as a cinematography yeah, level. Absolutely. I thought that these two lead actors were actually perfe- really well. perfectly cast <laughs> yeah. because they couldn't have been too charming to overthrow the script's stupidity, in my opinion. And yet they also had to be charming enough to carry the whole movie. And I thought they succeeded in that level. And I thought they had chemistry together, like for sure. And I mean, honestly, Dave Franco, who's pretty much the worst actor ever, like his <laughs> his like toughest line was like, "Hey, do you want to go on a motorcycle with me?" Like he didn't have to do anything. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like just twisting his neck around. Yeah. Like looking. What's up? You up for a ride? <laughs> you up for a ride? Right? No, man, come on. Something like that. But yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was really fun, and I thought um, the soundtrack was fantastic because yeah. it was. Yes, it was a constant thing. Like it was like every scene at a new. But um, compared to maybe a movie we might talk about today, like it never overshadowed uh, it, its own plot and uh, the sound editing. Like you said, was great. So I totally recommend it as like great blockbuster fun. Like I think the Shallows and uh, this Nerve are my two favorite blockbusters of the summer because. Uh, and they are two films that are definitely under under the radar in yeah. a in a summer that honestly. I'd recommend both to give a shot to at least. Yeah, yeah. In, in a summer that honestly. No standalone movie has really done anything at the box office, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, we've seen so many pretty much failures this year, whether it be the nice guys or, or anything. There's not been well, something that's we're reached the up. Nice in, guys, it's well, what we, we do. <laughs> hey, man, Suicide Squad broke all kinds of records and then yeah. dipped the fuck off the map. Yeah. What? It's only Tuesday, but it's man. only Come been on a, it's only Tuesday. Yeah, I was mm. gonna say let's easy. About let's give it. Let's exactly give it like another back off two shots. Yeah, let's at least give it till I'm, the weekend to say it's oh, it's it's fallen off. You're right. I'm being way too hard. Spoilers. On this, on this <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> Toussaint may have loved Suicide Squad. May have so yeah, absolutely loved it. Cafe Society Nerve. Uh, I've had a rough time at the theater lately with you know, films that I've been disappointed with, but both of these. Definitely met and exceeded my expectations, so I would recommend both of them. Who would like to go next? I'll go next. Okay. Okay. Um, So I did not go see Nerve the same day that Nick and Alex went to go see it, but it was the same day I went to go see Suicide Suicide Squad with Nick. And then afterwards, um, we watched this 1968 black and white uh, Japanese samurai ghost story film called Kuroniko by uh, Neto Shindo. Shindo, Yeah. And I absolutely loved it. Uh, I I loved... um, Basically... Really quick, was this the first time you had seen it, Nick? Yes. I specifically bought the movie because I was interested in it. And I said, you know what? This looks like a Tucson movie. (laughs) So I I waited until we had a moment to watch it together. Thank you. Yeah, it was totally my kind of That's like me and you with the uh, Batman vs. Superman extended cut. I waited until we could watch it together. You motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but anyway, I I really enjoyed the story, basically. It's uh, the story of these two women who, like, live alone. Like, one, like, 
one of them is the mother of a of a child who was pretty much like taken to serve as a soldier as part of a roaming army and well not a soldier not a child like it, it's somebody who was that. kidnapped to kind of like a draft against your will yeah drafted against your will and uh which is the draft yeah and because i say it's like it's it's not a child who gets kidnapped it's like because the other woman is that uh woman's uh daughter-in-law like basically the husband of the person who was taken away and drafted and they're just basically eating their own meal and a roving band of ronin samurai just kind of goes through there and basically steals their food rapes them uh kills them and then sets their house on fire and basically they end up going to the underworld and making a pact with like the cat devil in order to basically act as sirens to lure in any type of samurai whatsoever and just like kill them and seduce like seduce them kill them and drink their blood in that order i love really quick that yeah. like in the first half hour after the initial prologue which mm-hmm. is them while they're still alive i love the fact that the movie does basically for 25 to 30 minutes repeat the scenario of of the daughter going to lure a, sam- a wandering samurai yeah. in that and like the same situation playing out in almost this like hell like uh, uh i don't know but loop i just thought it was fascinating right like, like it would you, spend that much time like even before like you see the first scene of like what their routine is you know that there's something up about this like that woman is dead and yep. i love the aesthetics <laughs> of this i love the chiaroscuro lighting i love the fact that um it's basically set around like this this one gate called rojaman it's like kind of like the equivalent of yep. like rashomon it's like it's an actual like real life like gate um and i just love the contours i love the way that they play it with shadows and another thing that was really cool about it um outside of the story outside of just the general directing but the use of double exposure uh, especially in the sort of like um the dream world of their of, of their house that they would like draw samurai into and like you have a, a samurai who's kind of like recollecting their story meanwhile you have a uh, a shot on the right side where it's kind of like superimposed of the camera just like moving through this bamboo forest. So it's yeah. almost as if like the house is moving. The, the yeah. house is like transforming itself into the actual like it, it doesn't have a physical reference or space. It's literally existing in this like miasma of this space. So I thought yeah. that was really cool. Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend that. It was it was it was dope. Thank you yeah. so much for for oh, thinking of me. On. Yeah, that's what friends are for. Also, um, I rented a shit ton of Hayao Miyazaki films yeah. from the library just because I could and because I'm working on something. <laughs> just because I could. Just because I could. They told me I couldn't, and I said I can. Well, I asked them, I was like, how many can I like rent? And I was just like, you can rent fifteen. It's like, okay, I'll take eight. Fifteen. <laughs> yeah. Man, Fun what, fact, what um, library are you at? At my library, the one I work at, mm-hmm. we can rent or you can lend out to fifty items per account. Wow! Really? That's wow. how you do it. I ought to peruse you your should. catalog because I'm looking we, for some more anime. We films. welcome reciprocal borrowing. That sounds great. Anyway, that's excellent. Um, Fun but, fact: Speaking of Hayao Miyazaki films, I recently went to a baby shower. Whoa! And oh. I know I feel really adult, but that's not the point of the story. Uh-huh. So, like, um, I'm interested co- to see where this is going. My coworker recently had a boy uh-huh. and one of her gifts so was this was an after the birth baby shower so it right. was like basically no, I wanna, the, baby the baby was born I, yes some people have at the pre- time of the baby shower the baby was not yet born oh, that's usually okay. how it goes, yes I, no not always so i've been to a baby like, shower everything after. The gifts were like so for they a boy. Can actually shower the baby no but that way the baby can be like passed around I, yeah yes anyway. anna 
Please continue. I'm sorry. And one I'm of an the asshole. gifts was a onesie oh. of Totoro, <gasps> and I straight up went insane. Yeah. Oh man. It was that like cute. the cutest thing. So that was that's a fun fact. You I feel of that, so. really that ashamed because like I've watched a lot of anime films, but that's just one that I have not for some reason, <gasps> and that's one of the ones I actually rented. You know what? Get I'm actually on the same page as you. So. Yeah, I'm really looking forward oh, to. And here I was about to sing the theme song to Totoro, but nobody will hear it. We'll get it. So I am really looking forward to watching Porco Rosso. Um, because oh, yeah. I hear that's a really good one. Never seen it. Yeah. So, yep. Just check in with that. And that's all I really did this past week. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Anna, do you want to share anything before we go to Nick, who will <laughs> take an hour to do his weekend <laughs> review? That's I right. would love to. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. So, um, the films that I, two films that I watched recently, the first one that was the least recent, I guess, was the theatrical cut of. Batman versus Superman. I watched that the day that came out on Blu-ray. Now you watch the theatrical cut, so the two and a half hour version. That's correct. Okay. Not the one that's the extended cut. Good work. <laughs> so my boyfriend got that the day it came out on Blu-ray, and I was like, I have to watch that. Um, I gotta say, I am surprised by Batfleck. I was so apprehensive. I am a Christian Bale purist, and I was so Better surprised. Better than a Christian purist. <laughs> she so... just loves that eyewart, man. That's right. she's a fan. I was very what? surprised because, like, he's a defining like, feature. Okay, sorry. Go he's ahead. like so. He was surprisingly good. He brought like a new take onto Batman, and I kind of like how a murder take. The murdery take on Batman. And Why'd it, you say Martha? Why'd you say her name? Why'd you say that name? That's my mommy too. Do you bleed? Yeah, that's... Oh, that's my mom. Oh, my God. We're best friends. My family was hunters. What? Okay. Yeah, remember Anna? how he explains it. Okay. Yeah. So, um... So, I kind of like how these films, so far are being, like, just a little less serious than the Christopher Nolan films. Because the Christopher Nolan films were like, Alfred is this, Batman is this, he had his mansion, he had his Rachel, he does not kill. <laughs> he's Rachel! He talks like this! Um, that's Those were Christopher Nolan, and now we have this whole new era with Batfleck, and it's like, Alfred is also Lucius Fox, who's, like, a mechanic and wears, like, cooler clothes and is younger, and, like, Batman has, like, his cool cave that he's in, like, most of the time. I and just want a movie with Jeremy Irons as as Alfred just being yeah. a, a fucking asshole and just fixing shit. Like I just just I wanna, being frustrated and be like, fucking I don't, don't want to, to save the day or do any like superhero shit. I just want to like see a day in his life. Fucking drinking <laughs> yeah. hard alcohol while he's doing things for Batman. Yeah, like that. <laughs> those. That's my kind of superhero. Film. <laughs> I want to see that shit. I, I do love the uh, the part in Batman vs Superman when he drives back to his fake Batcave, which is his apartment off the water. Yeah, something. Oh yeah, that glass uh, house apartment. Yeah, because he, his he, house is destroyed for some reason. Well, yeah. Uh, so he drives and just just straight off, just flies off the end of the barge and into the water, where his entrance and garage door opens up and mm-hmm. the water seeps down. I'm like. Nobody noticed you building that? Like, <laughs> how did you put that together? Like, for real, like, how did you stop the water from coming in while you were building that whole tunnel under there? I hey, want to know. Hey, man, he's he's exceptional. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's he's got he's got that money for exceptional engineers. Yeah. So I think that's I think that is the truth though. He's like Nikola Tesla meets Howard York from uh, the Fountainhead. So he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Um. So so overall, I would say Batman versus Superman. Um. Gosh, I don't know. Probably, yeah. probably three stars, maybe okay. even less than that. So let, let's say this. In okay. your mind, was it a passable superhero movie? I guess passable maybe would be a little too nice. Only because, Ooh. only because I, I feel like... I like how you had to sigh. Like, <sighs> I feel like yeah. now the bar is like so high it's that it was... I feel like high. I feel like it's pretty high. Oh. I feel like it's higher than what Batman versus Superman met. Because... Yeah. Just because, like, I was, like, for a big-budget superhero film, there's, like, even the... But you knew going in that Zack Snyder directed it, so that takes yeah. points off right away. Yeah. You think so? so? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, anyway, yeah. so I feel like there's even, like, these standards that even the most average moviegoer kind of expects when they see a superhero film. And maybe to the average moviegoer, um, this was a cool movie. But to me, I just didn't... I was slightly underwhelmed. I thought there were moments in editing that I thought were ridiculous and I could not be believe were even looked over in the editing bin. I thought Wonder Woman, as cool as she was on the surface, was really underwhelming. Um, she had ten lines of dialogue. So did you? I think that's what it was. And then also pleasantly surprised by Lex Luthor. I thought he. Oh was... no! Oh, speaking of Lex Luthor, did you like his his jar of piss? Is that what that was? Oh, yeah. That was yeah. a jar of piss. It's crazy. Sweet oh, man. He Howard Hughes it. Yeah. That's what he did. I yeah. have to say, uh, the overall top of the mountain champion for most uncomfortable scene for me this year so far, I, it's not even that uncomfortable. Well, actually, it is. But when he's uh, force feeding the Jolly Rancher into the guy's mouth, I'm like, what the fuck are we even watching right yeah. now? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was really strange. <laughs> See, you've, you've decided to forget about these parts already. You're like, oh. I thought yeah. the most important comfortable part was when uh he threw the polaroids of clark kent's mom into his, his face into his face and then you see the the, the photos of it and i was like wow that's really fucked up that's uh yeah that's messed you, up you wrote horror on her on her forehead and like gagged well, her either that like... or damage so <laughs> <laughs> wow um and even then, like, going into it, I was like, Lex Luthor is, like, this 20-year-old, like, college screw-up. And then you have the gravitas of, like, old Ben Affleck. Not even Batman. Like, old Blen Aff- Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Affleck. And then slightly younger Henry Cavill, who looks like just a statue of a man. And then you have Lex Luthor, like, being his, like, quirky little self. And, like, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed that, surprisingly. I Yeah, I... I... I guess I could say I, there were a couple parts of, of Jesse Eisenberg that, that were, were pretty good. And a lot of it where I was like, oh, no, this is terrible. Mm. Like, and it, it kills me when it's like, you know, that the person that they were planning on casting was fucking. Um, why can I not think of his name right now? The guy from Breaking Bad. And I am Aaron Paul. No, no, no. no. Walter White. No. Yes. Um... Yeah. 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 The well, guy who plays Walter White. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Can't think of his name right Brian now. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Yeah. It was originally supposed to be Lex Luthor, and it would have been uh, way better than whatever yeah. that was. Yeah, I could I could have done with a uh with a more sophisticated Yeah, a more straight laced, more traditional uh Lex Luthor but along the not... lines of Brian Cranston than this like Millennial yuppie um, Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> doppelganger. It, it's played by the same guy who who did Mark Zuckerberg yeah. in the Social Network. I get yes. that, but like, yeah. 
I don't understand. I don't understand how and, – and this is kind of like tying back to another recent superhero film like with the, the Fantastic Four reboot where they try to rebrand Doctor Doom along the same lines as being another like Zuckerberg clone where he was just like, oh, I'm on the computer. <laughs> oh, I'm going to make a social platform. Does Algori- Jason, Algori- Jason Bourne here? Algorithms. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. That's, that seems to be the go-to these I, days. I know, and it's... It's not uh, just in superhero it's movies It's asinine, either. and it's unoriginal, and it's boring, and I... Whatever. <laughs> that is that is Batman versus Superman. Whatever. Yeah. That's so, funny. final thoughts. Batman versus... For me, Batman versus Superman was slightly underwhelming, and I did expect more from Wonder Woman, but I feel like I'm just not going to like Gal Gadot, because Gal Gadot is a model, and we'll get into this once we start talking about Suicide Squad. Models are not actors. Unless they take an acting class and they have a professional acting coach that kicks their butt every goddamn day, they are not actors. Or if so. they're acting as a model, like in the Neon Demon! Oh, shit! Yeah. Paradox. Um, so, with that count, did I use that right? I'm in a room of people yeah. that are smarter than me. No. Um, no. I said the word paradox when Tucson oh. said acting Don't as a model. Don't give Tucson that much credit. <laughs> um... Also, I'm sure I wasn't the only person that noticed this, but it's explained later as we saw in the Wonder Woman Comic-Con trailer that came out later this year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm actually looking forward to the Wonder Woman film still. Okay. So this old timey photograph of Wonder Woman that Batman finds. That was the shit. My first thought was, what the heck is Chris Pine doing there? And then he's going to be in the Wonder Woman film, which will be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. What did you think about that glorious email that... Bruce Wayne, that he, I, he wrote it as you page down. Who are you? The rest of him talking. Where have you been? <laughs> he doesn't have files about what you. Are you? you. What are you? What are, All right. are you? Are know these what? yours? I, I, I don't think, I feel like up to that point, Hello? Batfleck what? had never written his own emails yeah. and then just like, uh, that was clearly Alfred, Alfred had job. written them for them, yes. we written are, them for him. We're going to get into this, but you know what? I'm, it's got to be brought up now because we're talking about the uh, Batman versus Superman quick time files for the most part right now. <laughs> Yes. Um, if you are someone who is now entrenched in the DC cinematic universe, as we now are through two films, um, that post credit scene makes no sense for Suicide Squad in any way, shape, or form. Why is he getting all of the, like, why is he trading things for information from Amanda Waller when he already has the QuickTime files that has all the he information? He doesn't... Yeah. I no, feel like he might no, not have no, some no. information. Let me let me this, let me, let this me try to bullshit. No, I'm Come not on. trying to bullshit this. No, um, I'm just talking about it. it's, okay. it's it's here's the reasoning that I that I see. It's like one, I think the only reason why that post credit scene exists is just to cram in Batfleck for one more scene and just have a scene with I him and Amanda it. Waller. And especially yeah. touching on the whole thing that Amanda Waller knows who Batman is. Like that's who Amanda Waller's character is. She's the one who knows Appar- uh, everything. I will yeah. say this. Apparently everybody fucking knows who Batman is now. It's like <laughs> Iron Man for but, the most part. But <laughs> Iron Man? Okay. So yeah. the, the did reason you have an announcement after eating Burger King, be like <clears throat> Batman. Anyway, um, the reason why he basically made that whole trade, I don't even know what the fuck he was trading for. It's like, I need protection. Uh, just like, what? 
Yeah. What are so we talking I feel about? like we're going to revisit this. <laughs> what? Suicide Squad post-credits. Like there, there was some oh. type of transaction that happened. Have we already moved on? Did I miss No, something? we haven't. Oh, okay. Because I'm no, still doing my weekend it. review. We'll, we'll just, talk about yeah, it later. I, I brought it up because we were talking about the QuickTime files. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Superman. where was I? Where have I been? <laughs> you checked out of this discussion already. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, Batman, Superman, that'll do that to me. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, we'll we'll hit on that here in a little bit. All right, so Batman vs. Superman, that's done. Another film that I recently saw because I am preparing to eventually watch Star Trek Beyond is I recently watched Star Trek Into Darkness, which I had not yet seen. And, and I really liked it. Fuck yeah! Fuck you guys! Uh, you guys like So... Um, Kenny really likes it follows, so these, fuck you. Both these pieces of snooty bastards are like... He was con and hiding, and that movie sucked. Fuck it. No, there's a lot of other problems with that film say, other than that. Yeah, Let's not pretend yeah. that that's our but log line. But first, yeah. um, I want to ask a quick question. Captain Who- Logs, Alex, is a dick. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> oh. Who here has watched BoJack Horseman? Uh, have I watched the recent season? No. The I've recent watched- season you have not yet watched. Nick is raising his hand. Have you seen all three seasons? <laughs> I am raising my hand. I have not finished the third season, okay. but I am. I, I don't care about spoiler. I pretty much know okay. what happened. Okay, and then the Alex, season. have you ever seen BoJack Horseman? He doesn't watch TV. He doesn't watch Netflix. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Now boom, I'm being boom, a dick. Boom, yeah, it's fine. It's, I've I've been watching a television series with you here recently. There you go. That is true. Called Vice Principals, which has been fabulous Great so show. far. All right, cool. Yes. But well, sorry, BoJack Horseman. This yes. isn't even a spoiler. This is just something that comes up in BoJack Horseman because that's what the show does is kind of make everything, make fun of everything in pop culture and film and TV. Um, Mr. Peanut Butter's character eventually goes sees a film called Lens Flare by J.J. Abrams. Ah, and yes. when I was watching Star Trek Into Dark, Darkness, I was like, has he toned down on the lens flares? And then I was like, nope, there it is, and there's one, and there's one. Granted, it's not as obnoxious as like the first Star Trek, but they're yeah. still in there because oh, he likes them. There. They're still in there. And I mean, I really like the film. I thought Benedict Cumberbatch was like a really, really good bad guy, and I thought everyone was good. And I still think it's weird that like Spock and Uhura are a thing, but apparently that's like true to the TV show. I just think it's like kind of is i heard yeah. it's that, not that's an invention of the actual like new series and i don't mind that at well, all well sulu's gay too so well actually uh, that's a whole other can of worms it's not true to the tv show in the sense that it was never canon like if there's okay. fan fiction or anything like yeah. that maybe. but like or I, if there's comics or the animated series i don't know but the original okay. series no no well vulcan's really? also destroyed in the first I movie think so. i don't know i haven't well, seen every episode maybe my I'm sources wrong. were wrong but like i never Probably. really watched the original series i've yeah, only really seen uh, okay. Um, CNN, what the hell? <laughs> fucking internet age. <laughs> the damn 60s. As long as you say you have sources, uh, it's fucking legit. That's <laughs> so, yeah, I still think that's kind of weird, but overall, I did like the film. It kept me, like, on the edge of my seat. It, you know, I still really like Anton Yelchin, and I'm so sad. And, like, I get, like, un- be, unreasonably sad about it. You'll so. be glad to hear that he has a more prominent role in Star Trek Beyond. Thank you. I'm really excited to see it. Have you seen so, Green Room yet? No, I haven't. But I'm really it. looking forward to it. Even though I didn't love it, I, 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 I'll be watching it again. Sweet. It's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I've seen two films lately. They're both pretty epic box office uh, hits, quote, unquote, Mildly pleased by Batman versus Superman, and really like Star Trek Into Darkness. So. Way to go! Fuck these guys. <laughs> yeah. We're on the same page, sitting on the same side of the table. Uh, I, the... <laughs> yep. yep. I mean, the table is a circle, but still. That's true. <laughs> the listeners don't have to know that. Uh, oh no, they do. <laughs> now 
do. Moving on to Nick. I want to talk about two movies, and uh, the first one is called Tallulah, which was oh! at Sundance. Uh, Heard was, some good things about that there. Yeah, it was a Netflix acquisition while we were there, and uh, true to the course, uh, Netflix debuted it. Shocking. <laughs> so I was able to watch it on their platform, and this is the second uh, Netflix Sundance acquisition in a you, row. Uh, you hated the first one you I saw. I hated the fundamentals of caring. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, it's weird because I almost would be more tempted, and this might say something about what I'm about to say, but I would almost be more tempted to rewatch that one, even though I hated it, simply because it had Paul Rudd, and I find him charming in anything. Well, pa- Paul Rudd is like the greatest he's, gift we yeah. can I was going to say, he's pretty much Here is your shield, Captain America. I was going to say, he's a god among <laughs> yeah. mortals. Yeah. Uh, I mean, does anybody remember Clueless? Hello. Oh my god, has he aged a day Dreamy. since then? No, I don't think so. Hey, fuck that. How about Romeo and Juliet? Well, Clueless was before it. I have no through line into this conversation. <laughs> I, I just still was twenty years. Oh yeah, ago. no, no, yeah, true. And he was playing Paris. And he was. Romeo he was. There was a. Yeah. I just recently watched that, and I do not remember him in it. Hold on. Oh he's, yeah, he's he the guy was... who's courting fourteen-year-old Juliet. Creepy. Well, you know, I mean, it was Claire Danes. And he uh, lost. But did he really? Because I don't think he died. <laughs> did, well, does yeah. Paul Rudd ever lose? I mean, is that... <laughs> So, I watched Tallulah, the movie directed by... Hold on, I have to look. This cord is not long enough for me. <laughs> okay, I'm going to pretend like I know how to pronounce this name, but Good. it looks like Sion Hader, Hader, I don't know. Okay. Uh, now, this is the film with Ellen Page. Ellen Page that's and uh, Alice and Janney are the okay. two main Sion Hader, I would say that's Yeah, that's yeah. what I would think. And it's about Ellen Page plays a kind of free-minded, you know, wandering uh, vagabond who basically uh, she kind of wanders away with her at the start of the movie, then boyfriend, and um, the boyfriend basically breaks up with her and leaves her in the middle of nowhere with her van. So it's not like he's just like literally leaving her in, on the side of a road, but basically <laughs> breaks up with her by just walking away from her because he wants to, after two years of doing this kind of lifestyle, settle down and have a family and all that kind of stuff, and she doesn't. So she ends up going... <laughs> some reason uh, going back to New York City where they live and going to uh, his mother's apartment who she's never met before which is Alice and Janney at least that's the actress who plays not Alice and Janney playing Alice and Janney (laughs) and uh, so goes to her kind of tries to get charity from her doesn't work whatever so then she does her own you know kind of homeless ways where she's in a Is is she a gypsy? Kind of. Okay. Kind of. I would say even gypsies are more organized than her. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that as like a insult to gypsies. I'm just saying like she clearly doesn't have any. She's two steps below trailer trash. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Ooh. I mean, she has a van with uh, windows with, hold on, hold on, with drapes that don't even work. So I'm just saying. Uh, like, anyway. So she uh, she finds herself in a very nice hotel on purpose, obviously, because one way she gets food is to go around to see like room service that puts food in front of the doors. She'll she'll eat that, whatever. So when she accidentally kind of gets caught eating somebody's food when they open the door, she doesn't actually get caught for what she's doing because the person who answers the door is this uh, middle aged woman who is not. 
a very good mother. She has a like two-year-old, maybe just under two-year-old uh, baby, who she's clearly not taking very good care of, even though she's very well off money-wise and whatnot. And so Ellen Page, she mistakes Ellen Page's character as like the help and like a maid in the hotel. So she goes in there, and she basically said, "I'll pay you to babysit for the night because she wants to go have sex with somebody." Like that's literally the through line as to why she's gonna leave her alone. Uh, whoops. Leave her alone with, <laughs> with the baby. And so she does that, and Ellen Page, I wouldn't say gets attached to the baby, but gets more and more disgusted by this woman, because she clearly kind of hates her child. So the whole movie is about how Ellen Page's character, uh, Tallulah, or Lou, uh, steals the baby, and goes back to uh, her ex-boyfriend's mother, because she has no one else to go to as far as taking care of the baby, while trying to cover up the fact that she stole the baby, because she tells uh, the mother that that's her baby, and that's her son's baby, too, so that's why uh, Alice and Jenny's character has at least some motivation to take care of her and the baby. So the whole movie develops... I feel like I've seen this movie before. Yeah, I'm not saying it's... uh, uh, Yeah... Uh, So, to put it bluntly, I was not a big fan of this movie. I I didn't hate it, but this movie went out of its way to make everybody besides Tallulah a stereotype. But Tallulah gets to be kind of a pretty, I would say, at least fluid character. Someone who doesn't, you can't always pigeonhole as one thing or another. Yet she's someone who goes around snatching up babies. True. And that was the other thing, is that I'm all for that plot. Like, I'm, no, like, seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm for a drama that can somehow humanize, like, the thought process behind that. Because she technically, in her mind, is doing a good thing. Whether you can agree with it or not, that's different. But she sees the so situation. So Morgan Freeman and Gone Baby Gone. Oh, spoilers for that movie. I, don't know. Just, I haven't seen that movie. I'm it's good. Thanks, Alex. It's a great I like movie. it. What, how, how, I mean, I've seen it, and I can't quite remember what Alex right. is referencing. So yeah. I mean, it's really I mean, bad. technically, you don't know that until the last ten minutes. But and now, see, you have just made it worse. So. I said spoilers. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Please continue. So I, um, but this movie does not do enough with that central, I would say, problematic ideal that she's doing something good, and yet she's doing it uh, without, shall we say, a good safety net to make it a truly uh, idealistic thing and I, I just thought the movie itself was so imbalanced in its indie cliche that kind of uh, the, the most telling detail of this movie as to where I'm just completely kind of get off on the next exit and can't stay with it is where uh, the movie essentially ends and I'm not spoiling anything but with a fantasy sequence that's kind of referenced toward the beginning of the script where someone describes a dream they have and the things that happen in that dream later on in the movie the final scene is someone basically dreaming that again and the idea that this movie I would say uh, inserts this dream-like ending for anything of actual real substance told me everything I need to know about how this in my opinion scriptwriter and filmmaker had no idea how to end this story Hmm. that would actually uh, deal into any kind of consequences or just any moral shading uh, as to what has transpired. And um, I thought the characterization that was most offensive was the, the, the quote-unquote bad mother, too. Because when Ellen Page walks into her hotel room, I'm not kidding when I say it was like an SNL skit of, like, <laughs> of like the worst possible mother you could think of. Yeah. of And, like, just, like, there's no depth to her whatsoever. But the other characters aren't allowed to have depth. So why... 
except for the very end of the movie when she gets to cry and pretend that she's a good mother. Why is it that we, you know, that the the way the movie withheld character motivations was just really manipulative and boring. So I'm just I'm thinking I brought up Gone Baby Gone earlier. I'm thinking of Amy Ryan's character in Gone Baby Gone now for mm, some reason. Amy yeah. Ryan's character in Gone Baby Gone is a very similar archetype to this mother in yeah. uh, Tallulah. However, the big it, difference is the move the mother in Tallulah is in the movie Tallulah more than Amy Ryan is in Gone Baby Gone, and somehow Amy hmm. Ryan's character feels like a more humanized character. I mean, that says one of the central. I just remember when, um, at, at what one point when she's when Amy Ryan's character is is feeling happy uh, in the film Gone Baby Gone, she says, "Oh, I feel like nine 11 I'm like, "Oh God, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's." You yes. should see it. It's actually a good movie. It is a good, it's a I great think movie. you would like it. It's Ben oh. Affleck's directing debut. So it's that's yeah. quite good. And he directs yeah. his baby bro. Yeah. 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 It's quite yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so I, I was just not a fan of who I didn't hate it, but man, I love uh, Alice and Janie especially. And I really do like Ellen Page. But So that's why I kind of enjoyed it because I did like just any scene where they had to talk to each other just about anything because I enjoy their comedic sensibilities. Interesting but, pairing again, too, since uh, that was the mother-daughter combo in Juno. Correct. Ooh. Well, yeah. she was the stepmother, and they kind of hated each other. But yes, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. that is true. Um, so that was the only reason why I found it compulsively watchable because I wanted to see any other scene. Uh, the only other movie I watched that I want to talk about is called Louder Than Bombs, which was directed by uh, jo- uh, Joachim Trier, who is a distant relative, actually. Uh, uh, Lars von Trier. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, not the same kind of filmmaker. I was going to say, does he? Not the same kind of chronic depression type person. <laughs> well, <laughs> but that's nothing to make fun of somebody for. I will I didn't say mean that, in a bad way. that uh, Joachim Trier certainly does make very serious movies as well, but he's not in it to only depress and and our oh, house shock. Good, yeah. yeah like he, there is a little more, and I say that as someone who likes Lars von Trier's depression trilogy and that kind of thing. Uh, but <laughs> he, he's not. Uh, I would say Joe Kimcher is not in for shock value whatsoever. Oh look, a baby like, crawling like he towards make... an open window. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Like Joe Kimcher, <laughs> the movie Oof. itself was the like he, he's made louder than bombs and he's made uh, Oslo August thirty first or something, whatever. Oh, I forget okay. the name of the yeah. the actual title, but yeah, he's made those two movies so far. Uh, and like um, like this movie itself, Louder Than Bombs, felt like it could have been rated PG-13 other than a few F-words. So he's not in it to shock, whatever. But uh, I will say, this movie had a great cast. It had uh, Gabriel Byrne, who I absolutely oh, wow. I, I love. Oh, wow. Throwback. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I absolutely love him from the HBO show In Treatment, which he did in my Yeah, but he has not. Still got to watch that. That's on my list. He's uh, not been show. around very much lately. Not in cinema, particularly. No. Yeah. Uh, I love him. Uh, I saw Jesse Eisenberg probably gave oh. the best performance of the year, even compared to Cafe Society, which I absolutely loved him in that. Um, and Amy Ryan is in it. Nice. Uh, and, of course, Isabel Hoopert, uh, who I'm very excited for in Paul Verhoeven's new movie. Ooh, oh, of course you are, yeah, shocking. Of course. Um, and it's about a movie in which uh, Isabel Hooper's character, before the movie stars, has committed suicide by way of a car accident, uh, self-inflicted. Uh, what? The old self-inflicted car accident. I just, what? You just said suicide. I was like, that's kind of like the movie that we're talking about. No, it's not. Oh, that's what. Yeah, yeah, uh, boy. Yeah, so sorry. He, did, did she also get a like, tattoo that said S 
K W A D before she. No, she I'm so did sorry. Not. <laughs> so it's okay. uh, we your fault. You. Let's we go back to you. So uh, Isabel Isab- Huber's <laughs> character uh, has done this act by the time the movie has started, but um, when she was alive, she was this world-renowned photographer, and she was married to Gabriel Byrne's character and the mother of Jesse Eisenberg and uh, the, this younger son, who I forget his name is, but uh, two sons. So the movie is really a about how I think, this, I think you said did somebody two sons. say. Two sons? Yeah. Two sons. Yeah, fuck oh. you. Not two oh. sons. Yeah, Not everything about you. Oh, Back the fuck off, Arizona. <laughs> so the movie... I've been called Arizona since I was in high school. Huh? Yeah. I don't know where that name came from. Tucson. I wouldn't, go to, I wouldn't go to Arizona. I wouldn't go to Arizona either. I've been there. It's not bad. Rattlesnakes. Yeah. Yeah. Scorpions. Racism. Rattlesnakes. And racism. Yeah. Well, there that's... That's racist. Say the racist. Oh, so, no. <laughs> oh my anyway, continue. God. So, continue, Nick. So, Lot of the Bomb is essentially about the three men in her life, her husband and her two sons, uh, trying to navigate the grief that they still feel like about three years after her accident. And it's interesting because like the youngest son doesn't know that it was self-inflicted because uh, he's kept in the dark behind, like he just thinks it was a regular accident. And the uh, the oldest son and the husband clearly know what happened, and but yet they're both in denial as to how far her depression extended and they, and they both withhold secrets from each other as to how far they knew about each other, uh, or at least about uh, Isabel Hooper's character. And I thought it was interesting. It was a fractured story. Like, it um, continually will sh- repeat scenes from different perspectives. It will flash back to uh, before the present timeline, like when she was still alive. It will uh, randomly go into dream sequences when you think you're watching flashbacks, but it was never confusing. Like, by the time a scene would be over, you would know exactly what it was and, and where it fits in the timeline, but you just didn't always know when it would start. Uh Having said that, this should have been a movie that I loved because I'm really into all these kind of things and especially explorations of grief and depression and isolation, but uh, I was not a big fan of it. I enjoyed it, but I thought it was a little too uh, much of a mismatch of uh, tones and and, and different motifs. That uh, The one thing I'll say for Lars von Trier, his distant cousin, is... At least in his movies, those are extremely straightforward from start to finish. Like, they are what they are from that first scene to the last scene. Whereas this movie was a little too ramshackle in its uh, plotting and in the way that it would decide to uh, go from dream sequence to flashback. Not not because it ever became confusing, but because it just, uh, for me at least, it never felt like a cohesive whole that I thought was... Uh, uh, just productive in truly uh, exploring these themes like it was trying to. But I thought in general that it was a it was a fantastic uh, cast, and that's why I would recommend it based on that alone. The performances be- uh, of the three central male uh, characters I think are phenomenal, and uh, it's always great to see Gabriel Byrne and and Jesse Eisenberg doing a non neurotic role. Oh yeah, so <laughs> I I recommend it because I did enjoy it. I just wished it was a little more than I wanted it to be. So, uh, Louder Than Bombs, it seems like the kind of movie that will 
make its way to Netflix one day. So if you ever see it on Netflix Instant, I would say it's worth watching. But your mileage will vary. That's how I felt about Nerve. Like, I feel like that'll be on Netflix by yeah. the end of the year. Makes sense. Yeah. I feel like that's something I would only watch on Netflix. I was going to say, that's like yeah. I, I wouldn't recommend it outside of that context. Like, mm-hmm. I sought it out because it was the kind of thing that I, I've been wanting to see for a long time now, especially when I first heard about it. But uh, in general, I feel like if anyone just press play on it and watch the 100-minute movie, they won't be disappointed. They just, you know, might not watch it uh, again after that. Which, not to say that it's a bad experience. So, Louder Than Bombs by uh, Joakim Trier. That was, that was, uh, I recommend it. Cool. Good to hear. Well, speaking (laughs) of movies that some people may be disappointed by, let's move on to talk about Suicide Squad. Woo! I have to say, I uh, spent my entire year being more excited about this movie than any other film that was coming out. I'm sorry. Fuck you, asshole. You know what I was excited about? Those new posters, though. I know you were excited about that, You know what I was too. excited about? Swiss Army Man. It happens, bruh. Swiss Army was good. Yeah. You know what I'm excited too- about? L by Paul Verhoeven. Yeah, I know. So I'm still not disappointed yet, like you two. <laughs> Dude, I've, Just I've, wait. I've had a year. It's been. It's been. Not, oh, Nick will. Nick will like it if it's shit. That's the thing. Oh, that's Whoa. not true. I actually like it because it's shit. So. No. Whoa. No. Whoa. Not true. Anyways, why don't you talk about this shit? <laughs> you want to talk about this shit? So, anyways, the film we're talking about today, uh, the film I was looking forward to the most this year, which now I've seen it, so I'm not anymore, and I. Wouldn't be if I had noon what was coming for me. Uh, is Suicide Squad, which is about a secret government agency that re- recruits a group of imprisoned supervillains to Wait, execute. Secret government? They're the secret government. Yeah, they are secret. Yeah, Task Force X is, is clandestine. Secret... Is coming from the same government who's, uh, where a guy said, I thought this shit was contained. You took my line, you son of a. Mm. I'm sorry. Okay, I was going to say, Tucson has taken. Plenty of line from yeah. other people over the over the year we've been doing that this. That one was mine. Okay, sorry, I thought it was. Contained. I thought this shit was contained. So that was good. That was a good comeback. Anyways, the <laughs> film is about a secret government agency that recruits a group of imprisoned supervillains to execute dangerous black ops missions in exchange for clemency. Not really. Yeah, which inevitably <laughs> leads to chaos. It's funny because that's like you're reading from IMDb, yeah. and yet that's also how the movie treats it too. Yeah. Like, at one point, I'm not even insulting it, but I will say, like, just factually, at one point they promise them that. But then they're like, no. Still to nah, Never mind. <laughs> I like, I like you just kid. I like, too, how somehow Rick Flagg destroys the thing that could blow up their necks, but then Amanda Waller still has it. Yeah. So what's that all? Yeah. <laughs> how are you still alive? <laughs> oh, I realized that after the fact of during watching this the second time. So yeah. You so watched it a second time? <laughs> uh, I went to go see it with my dad. So. Oh, that right. That's yeah. What did your dad think? Oh, man, he loved it. I'm sure. Oh, nice. We need to have your dad on this podcast. No. <laughs> well, Some... you don't have to be here. We just need him here. <laughs> <sighs> Someday we're going to do an episode on either Pixels or next Friday. And we're going to have Papa Tussauds on. No. <laughs> next Friday. 
What? <laughs> don't don't tell him. Don't tell him. Just don't tell him. Okay. Wait, is that a Friday like, sequel? Don't tell him. <laughs> okay. I know that. I couldn't tell if it was a Friday sequel or a Friday the 13th sequel. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously. I was, I was, you know what they should have done? What? Should have done a crossover. 22 Jump Street and yeah, MIB crossover. That would have been cool. Next oh. Friday with LL Cool J and Jason Voorhees. Fuck yeah. Bye, Felicia. Stab, stab, stab. <laughs> I'd actually watch that though. <laughs> like, I mean, who wouldn't? Like, I'd watch that. <laughs> so this suicide squad. Jason Voorhees just fucking beat the shit out of Depot. <laughs> yeah. You know the black character would die first for sure, right? Which one? <laughs> Safety in numbers. Oh. Anyway, continue. So this film, which was directed and written and is completely owned by David Iyer. As he's abundantly let people know this past week. I respect that. Stars Will Smith. I don't. I do. Margot Robbie, Jared Leto, Viola Davis. Also showing up here was... Common? Common. Oh, my God. Common shows up. I was so pissed off. Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney shows up. Who I thought was Tom Hardy the whole time. totally fine. (laughs) Uh, Jay Hernandez. poor man's Tom Hardy. Jay Hernandez is the most stereotypical Mexican you will ever see in the yeah. theater, so that was great. I mean, seriously, he called people S.A. like six times. Hey, so man, was... as soon as you think you've hit bottom, there's another bottom behind that. Kara Delevingne? She's the one from Paper Towns and Dara, Paper Kara People. Delevingne. Yeah. Thank you. Kara Delevingne. Yeah. Kara yeah. Delevingne. All right. I have some words about her. Continue. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Were her also, eyebrows on fleek? Also, Joel Kinnaman. That was the only thing. Spoiler alert. Oh, Sorry. Continue. Snap. Yeah. Joel Kill- Joel Kinnaman, who Joel Kinnaman, yeah. who is for the most part a horrible actor. Uh, him and what's his name? God, that other guy who's also in Run All Night is terrible. Oh, he was, was he in this movie? No, he was not. Um, we saw a movie with Sundance that you actually absolutely hated. Boyd um, Holbrook. Boyd Holbrook, who is also horrible, but Joel. But he Kinnaman- was in this movie. No, no. I'm saying he... Oh, yeah, they remind Joel me. Yeah, 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 they yeah. Rem- yeah so yes. anyways. I get confused between the two. Gotcha. Good. We're on the same page there, yeah. then. Because I do as well. I was just mentioning that I've seen them. I always think of them at the same time. Also, here, uh, Ezra Miller has a cameo, as well as Ben Affleck. Shocking, shocking, shocking. He's a, a cameo, and he's barely been in his own film. Also, speaking of cameos, hey. Adam Beach shows up as Slipknot, and then he is quickly escorted off the set. So that's like within five minutes. <laughs> like I thought it was a joke. Like I didn't think that was actually his name. Is like no, that's his name. That's an actual character. I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm just not up on my comic book nerd shit. But whatever. And then I learned about how his death was actually a, a Easter egg, and I'm just like, I don't fucking care. You could have an entire film made of Easter eggs, <laughs> as uh, a lot of comic book movies have tried to do. Yeah, so that's great. Dumb. I want to assemble a task force of the most dangerous people on the planet. They're bad guys. Worst of the worst. Too late. Open the gate. My time is Was this a cheerleading trials? Hi, boys. Dead shot. Guy shoots people. He's a crocodile. And he eats people. 
burns people. You're possessed by a witch. Mm, she's just crazy. What was that? I should kill everyone and escape? Sorry. The voices. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not what they really said. This is the deal. You're going somewhere very bad. Whoa. Do something that'll get you killed. Let's go save the world. I can't wait to show you my toys. Let's do something fun. wrong with you people you're bad guys it's what we do nothing really matters to me so suicide squad everyone's got thoughts on it um but since i was but everybody so... loves raymond okay i will say this <laughs> you, we talk about you, you felt bad for me now this is and i still have this I have um, I have the Suicide Squad poster as my background on my computer at work. Bad start. And I have the little Popham figure of... Which one? I have the awesome looking one of Killer Croc, and it's great. Really? That's right. And that's it? Yay! You don't yeah. have the one of the Joker? No. I don't. Okay, good, because that one's ugly as fuck. Uh, I'm not... I'm not... I got the one that I thought looked the coolest. There, like it, there like you it, go. It's not because I like... That's like a way to pick those things. Right? So. I can respect that. I have the Kylo yeah. Ren one, and I have mm-hmm. the Killer Croc one. There you go. They look the coolest. Dope. See, like, I um, I really admire those puppet figures, but the only one that I have that's not exactly a puppet figure, it's uh, the Disney Infinity, because Disney Infinity is getting discontinued. I have... Is it really? Yeah, yeah it, it is. is. Wow. Yes. It had a short run. Yeah. I got uh, the Minnie Mouse that's on my desk at work. Aww. However, I think one of the puppets that I would get... Just a bit of a tangent is a couple of the oranges, the new black ones, and then maybe some That's of the right. walk from the Walking Dead. I, okay, I just love that I went into a store and there was legitimately a poppet of Ricky Bobby, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes." Yeah. That's just awesome. I know, Nick, you have a couple. You had one that I, I thought was awesome. Don't you have like uh, Mrs. Potts and Chip or something I have like Mrs. that? Mrs. Potts and Chip. I, I have. <laughs> yes! It's weird. Almost all of the <gasps> movie ones I have are Disney because I don't really get into most of the fandom that they Which subscribe to, like yeah. Star Wars yeah, and stuff. Sure. Yeah. So I have Mrs. Potts and Chip. I have Wally, Cogsworth. And um, I also have the other two are TV, which are Buffy and Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Look at that. So, yeah. I have to say, when I bought my Killer Croc puppet figure, the f- they they honestly have every fucking character from Suicide Squad. When I saw that yeah. they have a Rick Flag puppet, I'm like, fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. They, I will admit. When like, it's... it's because we feel bad. I mean, <laughs> when it's participation a... trophy in the poppet form. <laughs> when it's a tentpole franchise, Funko goes all out in yeah. like, pretty much getting yeah. any noticeable character, which is cool in the sense that if you're a fan of like that property, then you've got a lot of choices. Yeah. But uh, mm. if you're not, then... 
So anyways, really excited for Suicide Squad, yep. went to go see it, and right off the bat, this film had me, and then it, it, it lost me pretty much right away. I will say, okay, this film pretty much opens, we'll talk more about the uh, the use of music throughout the film. Yeah, we will. Yeah, the, we will. Yes, we yeah, will. Yeah, we will. The, the fact that this film, right out of the gate, starts off with House of the Rising Sun, which I always remember from Casino, I was just like... Fuck yeah. Like, I was right on board right off the bat. And then throughout the film, I lost my interest in the uh, the songs because it got a little unnecessary and out of place. I wouldn't place. say a little. I think well, this would be a good time to bring this up. I don't know how many of ever, all of the lovely people here know. Um, but apparently, as you, I know, know... The studio for Suicide Squad got kind of nervous because Deadpool and Guardians of the Galaxy were just so well-made and so gosh darn funny. And then what happened is that they hired this outside company called Trailer Park. And guess what they do? They make trailers and they re-edited the film. Well, they were the ones that did the trailer. They did the trailer. And then because of the reaction to the trailer, they gave them carte blanche to essentially re-edit the movie which that's is not a good idea exactly which is, which is exactly what happened and alex i know you're gonna expand more on this but the first half of the film to me felt just a little too montagey and then once i got to the fact that you know trailer park edited the film and i was like oh that's the reason so well i, I will say this there were parts of the beginning of the film that i was actually kind of on board with um you, everyone may disagree with this and that's totally fine uh, but the scene that kind of like, like listing these stats of the different characters, I actually was for the most part on board with that. Uh, I liked the character cards too. I, I mean, really it, liked them. It, it wasn't a, a it didn't wasn't really that elongated, and it was a nice kind of thing because it didn't necessarily feel like a completely forced origin story. But honestly, if you're someone who's just going into this with no idea who some of these characters are, I love that Rick Flagg's character uh, title. Uh, one of the pieces of information <laughs> which was crucial in understanding this man. I you're gonna say. Uh, so, do you? Oh, no. I know what you're going to say. Okay. Go ahead. I'm going to say that I love that one of the bits of information is uh, it's literally just a bullet point that says, can use any weapon. Oh. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to go for the handicap for uh, for golfing. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. Cause <laughs> that, was, that was supposed that to be like the... feel like a joke. That was supposed to be like the joke that was thrown well, yeah, in there. But the can use any weapons. Like, okay, great. That's wonderful. <laughs> can use any I, weapon I would expect this kind of shit. Yeah. I, I don't know, but that was a that was a real thing. I, oh, okay. I, I appreciate anyway, them for, for the most me. part. Yeah. Um, expanding on to more of the film, uh, I will say that two things at least that I was somewhat pleasantly surprised. One of which you guys will probably be like, "Eh, whatever, it's fine," and the other one, which you probably be like, "Ugh." <laughs> um, so the first one is that. Sort of like with people, how they felt about Ben Affleck with Batman, where they were just looking at it and going, oh, fuck, this is going to be awful. <laughs> That's how I felt about Will Smith playing Deadshot, and I really did not feel like he was that horrible, to be totally honest with you. I agree with you. I got I some words totally about agree that. That's fine. I think for the character he's playing, which honestly was a pretty boring character and had this really unnecessary storyline with the daughter... <laughs> Yeah, for the most part, though, I thought in the in the parts where he had his beats that were supposed to be funny, I at least giggled during them, and he had the most badass scene where he was shooting up fucking those alien things in the uh, in the parking lot during that elongated hour and thirty minute scene that happened uh, <laughs> throughout this movie. 
So, yes. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith, I was on board with. And I have to say, uh, even though I didn't necessarily love everything about the character, um, for sure DC found their Loki throughout it with this film, and that is with Harley Quinn. Because mm. they mm-hmm. are going to run that cash cow all the way to the bank. And they're going to mm-hmm. be able to, because she should not have said this, but publicly said, I will play Harley Quinn for as long as WB wants me. I'm like, don't, even if you feel I will say, say that out loud. And <laughs> it, it, you can say whatever you want about DC. And that choker's about to get a lot tighter, Harley. Okay. So I'll say this. Shouldn't we, have said that. Say what, whatever you want about DC and their struggle against Marvel. The one thing they actually have going for them now, whether they are good or bad characters or good or bad portrayals of this, they have two female characters who are getting their own films that people want to see. Yeah, that's a big deal. I totally agree with you. Wait, for, so. for, for better or worse, at least they are... Can't really lie about that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That is true. So, um, and, and, and Wait, I is Harley Quinn getting a movie? She is. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And I, I mean, I'm I surprised. absolutely I guarantee you after this film, it will be rushed into Jesus production. Christ. Yeah. And, and that's probably the worst thing they could possibly Is it called in. The Bad Guys? <laughs> so, the tagline is, it's what we do. <laughs> that's great. I love it. It probably exists as like half of a but word no, document. I, I right think now. Harley Quinn is pretty much for the most part going to be the character that people go to see for the DC Cinematic uh, Universe. For good or for bad. Yeah. Whether you yeah. like it or not, yeah. that's what people seem to like. So, like and it. I, I for the most part enjoyed her character. Some of the stuff I was like, God, this is so fucking stupid. Like the fact that she's hanging in her cell while they come in. I was like, okay, that's fine. But there were small little quirky details that I was kind of on board with. Like when she's getting pushed in the wheelchair out to the courtyard, for some reason, she's like laughing and gallivanting away. (laughs) Oh, loved it too. I thought that was actually quite funny. And for the most part, I I mean, you like, I want to know everyone's thoughts about Harley Quinn and and her character and the way they portrayed her character. Because for the most part, I I feel like I'm kind of on board with what her character was in this film and, and what they're they're going for with her. I mean, I haven't read a lot of DC comics. I have not read a lot of stuff on Harley Quinn, but from what I know, for the most part, it seems like they at least got the gist of what her character is trying to be. And, I mean, her story with the Joker was okay, I thought. Um, there were certain parts of it that were terrible, but... Other parts of it, I was kind of on board with. So it, I don't know. I, I guess what I really want to say about Suicide Squad is there are individual things and characters and moments about it that I got on board with. Aside from that, the action here was absolutely awful. You could barely see it. Uh, it, it looked hazy. It looked. It just looked bad. Like we talked at length uh, when we talked about uh, Captain America: Civil War about the the fast motion uh, action that was almost horrible in that movie at times. And at times it was okay. And here was a totally different method. And it just, for me, yeah. did not work out at all. Uh, and the other thing too, in a movie about villains, your villain can't be one of the shittiest villains of all time, which this was. Well, who um, doesn't have a name. Enchantress? Or the other, or the other one is like, That's fine. Bro. That was, that was pretty much the, biggest throwaway villain of all like mm-hmm. like you had a chance like you could have made joker or two-face or anyone from the cinematic dc universe into the villain here but then they'd have to kill the joker and they can't do that he has to show up in a new movie ah, ah, ah. well 
fucking put Mr. Freeze in the... Like, come on. You have to yeah. do better than this. It's a movie fucking about villains who somewhat become superheroes. And you have the villain here being just an absolute garbage can full of nonsense. See, the way I see it is that I totally agree with you, Alex. If Aquaman looks as cool as he does, they can take a chance and make Mr. Freeze cool and make him a villain. So I do agree with you. It really really could have been any other person. What's his name? The guy who plays uh, Aquaman? Jason. Cal Drago. uh, I mean, that's his name, Cal Drago from uh, from Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. Did you see that uh, that one interview that he gave where he's just like, are you going to have to practice swimming? And I was like, I'm Hawaiian, bro. (laughs) I'm just like, that was so fucking lit. Yeah, I love that so shit. Good. Oh, man. I can't believe I'm fucking excited for Aquaman. Nobody can. Yeah. Nobody can yeah. handle their belief. Yeah. I'm not of, excited for it at all. That, that, that scene. I'm more excited for Wonder Woman, but really, it's like I'm optimistic about um, Aquaman. Whatever. Yeah. So, passing off my original thoughts, i just disappointed with this one. It, yeah. it, it, it really, I wanted it to be a lot better. And I, I liked individual things about it. And I will leave with this, is that there's probably going to be a lot of shitting out of Jared Leto. And it's, for the most part, deserved. Um, I feel like I can't even have a real opinion of his character because I only saw, like, seven minutes of him. So I mean, I, I saw it twice. So, technically, I saw, like, 18 minutes of him. Like, <laughs> so. I, yeah. I, Good I, math. I I don't think so at all, which is disappointing because, as I've mentioned before, the Joker has, for the most part, been a home run for everyone who's ever played him. Oh, yes. Sweet talking to me. And, uh, and I just don't know about this one. But um, I will say this. I haven't seen enough to actually form a real opinion for myself yet. So we'll say that. I, I don't... Don't hate on anyone who hates the the Jared Leto Joker here because there certainly wasn't that much for you. So, moving on to Anna, who uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Alrighty. Suicide Squad. I'm excited to share them. So, um, I mean, I wasn't looking. F- I guess I was on the same cusp of optimism as Alex was, as in I was looking forward to this film for a year, but... Now, did you have Killer Croc sitting on your desk? No, I didn't. <laughs> so, get on his level. See, the thing is, like, I hey, didn't... Hey, he needed to get his BT, alright? Uh, <laughs> like, that was... It wasn't he, he wanted to be released from prison. He wants a TV with He wanted BT. that plasma screen. Yeah. <laughs> he needed his water. And he needed his hard liquor, too, because he had to see that on the side of the... Uh... Well, and of course it was Hennessy, ma- right? On yeah, his makeshift Cause, shelf. Because that's the blackest alligator I've ever seen. Yeah, that's the yeah. blackest alligator. <laughs> the, the blackest alligator. That sounds like a children's book. The blackest alligator. Oh <laughs> um. <laughs> Continue, Anna. So, I was, I was looking forward to this film for about a year, but was I excited? No, not really. However, what did get me excited was I mentioned the poster. Like, a few months ago, they did the poster redesign. I believe it was around the time of the Super Bowl with, where they released, like, the, the updated trailer. Oh, my gosh. They really knocked it out of the park by making it, like, really bright colors. And I'm, like, a sucker for graphic design, so I really appreciated how they upgraded it from, like, just that steel gray with, like... Um, like a heated bullet effect and instead it looks kind of like a circus effect and then you get like an illusion of, you know, the Joker and Harley Quinn and, you know, these misfit characters. Are and the, you and- talking about the one where it has the... Um- I'm just talking the, about, like, the brightly colored poster. Okay, I, I thought you were talking yeah. about the ones where it has, like, their heads that are stylized into, like, logos that are, like, placed over the actual thing. 
Um, are we talking no. about? Are we talking about this one? No, I hate that one. No, so I, don't, I, don't, I don't really like it. This is no. awful. Yeah, I don't whatever like it. this is. Yeah. This is no. all you need is like like, like those S's that you used to draw when you were like in middle school <laughs> out of like the like the the lines that the lines. Yeah, it's like that's all all it's missing. It's like it looks like that shit. Yeah. So that's not the poster I'm talking about. That looks like a makeshift mushroom cloud <laughs> no, that true. somebody right? made in their Photoshop 101 class. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm just talking about is like just the simple, brightly colored Suicide Squad poster. Also, I do like the one with the X's okay. that looks like the skull. I like that one, and too. And they make up the smile. Yeah, and they make the... The Suicide Squad makes up the smile. I really do like that a lot. And hmm. that for sure got me excited. Let it be said, the graphic design could be kind of spotty, but at least I guess maybe like... Two out of three, they were kind of on point. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I would say that definitely um, was Good job, marketing team. So, yeah. But still, I mean, at this point, 2016, I think Deadpool's marketing team takes it so far. I've yet to see somebody top that. Anyway, mm. so going into Suicide Squad, uh, like everybody else, didn't really know a whole lot about these characters aside from Harley Quinn and the Joker. What I did know is that I was not looking forward to Killer Dare... Kara Delevingne as Enchantress, and I was totally right that she was bad. She was horrible. Like I said in the beginning... Baby, it's just a dream. <laughs> oh, God, get away from Baby, me. Baby, I'm sorry. I don't think I can do that again. I just... What I just did was better than acting that when she did. I'm sorry. That's yeah. exactly what I did. So, I don't think that models should be actors i just don't i don't agree i don't know she must have like amazing connections or something they could have picked literally anybody else that has only ever been in commercials and they would have done a better job than cara delavine shots fire because I just didn't think she was good at all. But who I did think was really good, and I totally agree with Alex, is that Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn was just so good. And when I saw her, I mean, everybody first saw her in Wolf of Wall Street. She knocked it out of the park. This girl is just so good at taking campy characters and really just making them her own and just straight up going for it. Um, I did like Will Smith as Deadshot as well. Except um, that one line that was a little bizarre when he puts on the cool mask and he gets called a pussy for it i couldn't i don't really know i don't oh I that i didn't have a connection for yeah i couldn't really figure out what that was about oh yeah. you didn't know why harley quinn said it well i mean i get it that he has to wear a mask to cover himself but like he wears that to enhance his powers so that oh really well is kind of bizarre yeah well i think harley quinn basically took that as he was wearing it for protection i i and I, yeah I, I get that oh, part of okay it. I, yeah I, I, I get that but still like the, the whole series of events of how that played out when he puts on the masks because he can yeah. he can fight better with it and he's like pussy i'm like okay <laughs> she called a lot of people pussy to be, <laughs> she just really to be fair did. yeah no holds barred with her. I just, I don't know. I really did like her. I liked it when she was in the chair getting wheeled into the camp. And that, she was that like, was, that was And then I liked how I liked Ike Barinholtz's character, the prison guard that was really shitty to, like, all of the prisoners. I think, uh, like, he had good chemistry with, like, all the prisoners being really mean to them. Let me ask you a question about yeah. Harley Quinn. And I, I enjoyed them giving way more backstory to her than anybody else, as you find out about her Harley Quinzel part, where she uh-huh. is the Joker's... Uh, therapist, right? That's part of the canonical um, origin for her. Which yeah. and that, and that yeah. was that was like a legitimate thing. Like that yeah. is that is taken from the comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the, te- uh, the television show. Yeah, yeah. And I I do love uh, that that scene too, where she willingly, without the Joker pushing her, falls and decides to jump into, into the in- into the chemicals. 
Uh, and then you have the interesting thing of her, him jumping in after her, which people have – maybe there's more to be said about it. There was something a little like – like the well, longer that that scene went on, the more it kind of felt kind of porny. I don't know. It just really? felt, it just was kind of skeevy. I'm just like surrenders equals power. It's like you got to say yes, pretty please yes. Like this okay. feels gross. That is That's actually the point. I feel yeah, not the scene I was going to reference, but I okay. got off on a tangent a little bit. The scene I was going to ask you about is the scene in the strip club that involves Common. Mm. What, did you, <laughs> what did you think about that scene? What did I think that? about that? Because scene? I've I've got to say that As that the was resident feminist woman. What did <laughs> I think about no, that no, scene? No, see that, that's what I'm, I'm asking kidding. because uh, no. It it was a weird scene on many fronts, uh, but especially because this is this is something that we've never seen the Joker on screen as before in one way, and we have Harley Quinn dancing on a stripper pole coming back and being presented to mm-hmm. Common uh, for for him to take mm-hmm. wherever he wants to take her. What what a just a and this is like right off the bat early in the film too. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite a mindfuck of a scene. What did you think about that? I just, thought, just how it played out. I, I thought it was like the perfect encapsulation of uh, the Joker and Harley Quinn's relationship where, I mean, she's literally living for him. Like, she'll do whatever mm-hmm. he says and Common is totally weirded out by this and respects a normal relationship where you don't, like, fuck somebody else's girlfriend. And don't fuck the clown's girlfriend and, in front of him. <laughs> yes. You know, we can't call him Joker. We gotta call him Jay. Oh. Don't shake hands. He doesn't shake hands. <laughs> Apparently he does not shake Why hands. the fuck was Common even in this film? <laughs> See, that's, that's surpri- what that's, that's surprised what I'm, you too. I'm that's perplexed by. Like, is that you? What are you fucking doing? I turned here? to my boyfriend. I was like, dude, "Is that Common?" Dude, it's like when I saw Star Trek for the first time. I'm like, "Is that Medea? Why Tyler Perry? Why is he here? There, it could have been anybody else. Like Common, you don't need money that bad. No. Apparently, you he just does. came out with an album. You did a tour. It was great. Why are you here, dude? He got that Oscar. You can do. Yeah. You can do better work. Look, I, I saw um what, what was it, Smoking Aces when he was like more of a, a central principal character. And I enjoyed him more Is that than the that. One that. With Jeremy Piven. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I enjoyed that film. I I thought it was honestly. I thought that was a lot more enjoyable in like the anarchic sense than than Suicide Squad. So. Mm. Let's like that for my my mileage. Whatever. But but that scene, it it was just, I I don't know whether I liked it or didn't like it, but right. I know that it it at least for me felt like kind of a pivotal scene in establishing what these two characters are going to be in this yeah. universe. Yeah, like the Joker and Harley Quinn definitely got more setup and more backstory, which eventually leads to the central plot of the film, which, you know, we always get Harley Quinn looking at her phone, which I'm super surprised, like, nobody can. Yes, as, as also the Joker is represented on her phone by the Joker emoticons. Well, that's yeah. the Joker's phone. He installed all of his, uh, <laughs> his proprietary, like, things on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his proprietary. Yeah. yeah, put his own uh, little <laughs> contact information and everything. Got like a nice purple case. He probably put on like the uh, the Suicide Squad uh, poster background in the in the back, and probably had like a I don't know a, a sponsorship of AT and T to you know get basic. I mean, nope. he has to get service in that city somehow. I mean, there's a fucking like magnet storm happening. I don't know what the fuck that thing is. Yeah, that was that was a little too Ghostbusters, wasn't that? Yeah, it was. That's a perfect way to describe it. I when I when I walked out of the theater, I was like, man, I don't know. Like, people are gonna really enjoy this this modern reprisal of Ghostbusters. <laughs> 
Fucker didn't have women in it. Yeah. Fuck them. Oh, God. Well, no, for real. I mean, we had a whole episode talking about that with Ghostbusters yeah. about yeah. dudes who are just like, I miss I miss the guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Where's it's... my penis? <laughs> Where is it? Where's the beef? Who stole it? Oh. All right. Anyway. So, Anna, any more <laughs> thoughts before we move on to Toussaint? Um, I, I don't know. I just want to say that, like, I enjoyed the film. Um, granted, not as much as I hoped, just like you, Alex. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed the soundtrack a lot. I feel like, you know, you could tell that was kind of added in at, at, like, the end. But yeah. still, I really enjoyed it. It gave good to- context to the characters. I liked Harley Quinn's crazy campiness. I like Will Smith as Deadshot, even though he delivered the line that was like, what is this? <clears throat> kind of like a... Suicide Squad. Like, uh, I felt like... Oh, you said the name in the movie! <laughs> it really could have been more ridiculous, but it didn't make me go, oh, Will Smith. Like, it didn't make me do that. Um, he had to be the one to say it, though. He's Will Smith. He had to be the one to say it. Yeah. Um, Let's go save the world. Oh, I gotta say, I can't, um, like, end my tangent without saying this. Viola Davis is such a G. She should be, like, the proprietary person in everything ever. She is just so good. I loved her. She is perfect as Amanda Waller, and I want to see her in more DC Universe I think films. you'll get a chance to. I am so excited. And also, speaking of things that kind of perplexed us, like the Joker... Harley Quinn stripper scene kind of per- perplexed yeah, you. Sure. Yeah, sure. This scene kind of perplexed my boyfriend. I don't know if like anyone got- else got this vibe. Where they're showing the Batman throwing... Um, the Suicide Squad in jail. He runs the Joker and Holly, Harley Quinn off the road into the river, oh. and he revives Harley Quinn by making out with her. He doesn't make out with her though. That's yeah, the thing. It looks like she's it. like he felt her pulse. Yeah. He tried to feel for a pulse and couldn't feel for one, and yeah. he was reviving her. Nah. And then she started nah, kissing nah, him. Nah, dog. Yeah, that's, that's exactly, what happened. What happened. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. He, went, yeah. he, he, he didn't he, just go in for a kiss he, like, he oh, a dead girl. Great. He, he like, first of all, nobody, nobody... Bruce Wayne's got a lot of problems, okay? Nobody performs... Well, we've never seen his CPR certification, so I'm not entirely <laughs> convinced. Nobody goes in for CPR on a diagonal route, okay? Like, yeah. you go in either... You go, you go in straight, you are... You are at a plus sign. You don't go in like like it just. Yeah, it He's just fucking did. Batman. I, I guess he just gave. I, you know, he didn't give it perfectly like everybody else here would. But he like was trying to give her CPR, and then once she was like he was trying waking to give her a up, more than that. <laughs> once she was give waking the... up, she was like, "Oh, Batsy!" And then he was like, "At the oh, fuck Batsy. fudge away from wow. me!" And you know yeah. that's what happened. So, but overall, I did like He's trying Suicide to give her a little Squad. BPR, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as I sure. thought I would, but I did really like it, and there were so many things that I liked and so many things I did not like. But That seems to be a theme among people, I have yeah. to say. And yeah. I mean, there are a whole legion of people who just hated this movie. Exactly, <clears throat> and I totally understand why those people feel that way. Agreed. And I'm looking but forward to hearing um, from Tucson and Nick about it. Other than people... <laughs> other than people what are you trying to say? <laughs> other than people, I've noticed, who are extremely butthurt over bad reviews and want to shut down Whoa, Fandango. They're extremely mad about... The, the aggregate sites that, that show a bunch of reviews from other sites in order to try to bring them down. And I'm like, but, let, me, no, let, me no, just, no, let, let me just say this really quickly before you start to sign. Yeah. That I feel like there is really no other thought to have about this film if you're someone who's, who wanted to see it than you like a lot of it. 
but you also dislike a lot of exactly. it. Like there, there's no way that you could watch this movie as a, as a, as a just fan of superhero movies and go, well, that was fucking it. Like there's, there <laughs> yes. are so many little details in here that I think people could take good things away from. And so many things that you could watch and go, why did we do this? Yeah, so exactly. I don't know. Moving on to Dusan. I know he's, he's bursting at the seams, ready to talk. So mm-hmm. go ahead. Matt. Just going back to that, that one note. And before I jump into my own impressions about the film, like I'm, I'm personally not even the biggest fan of aggregate sites. Like I understand if somebody, I, I don't try to place as much value into them as, as I do. I, I know that I kind of cited, um, the neon demon score on Rotten Tomatoes, but I kind of put that with the prefix and the disclaimer of like it's not really a a a parameter of value for that film, but rather it's just sort of like showing the stratified um, reactions to that film. And honestly, I just think that my why the fuck are you trying to take down Rotten Tomatoes? It's absolutely stupid. That's like trying to take down Metacritic. And I don't fucking like Metacritic either because I feel like it contributes to this toxic cultural impression that somehow a consensus of subjectivity qualifies as objectivity of object, like infallible uh, distinction of the worth of a, a piece of media. And I think that's fucking bullshit. If, if you're someone who hates those kind of places, why are more people going after Fandango, who legitimately has never given any movie under a three and a half out of five? Because I, I feel like the reason why is not that – the reason why – I didn't even it, know they rated movies. The, <laughs> the reason why is because people want consumer validation. They want validation of at least the idea. But they, sometimes it's just not going to be there. That's yeah, how the world works. But no, that's not okay because like I've already pledged myself to Team DC uh, and I have to show Team Marvel what I've got and like are all just a bunch of haters that are just riding on Marvel's dick. And I was like, why you got to be like that to DC now? What I Pretty it. sweet dick though. <laughs> okay, anyway – um. Getting off of that that whole tangent yeah, about that. Yeah, get off that dick. Yeah, getting off that tangent dick. Um, <laughs> this has been just a lovely so episode. I'm not going to lie. I, I think I've made it pretty clear about my feelings about uh, superhero films as of late, especially with uh, DC's recent crop of stuff with Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. Well, Man of Jonathan. Steel is legitimately a horrible piece of garbage. I haven't I'm glad seen that it we yet. Can I don't agree please, on that. Don't. Okay, just, just, that's the consensus, we, consensus just, I get from everybody. Just, just think about it and then then walk away. Yeah. But Henry Cavill, though, heart eyes. <laughs> Would that be the only reason? No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't. Just, Google just image search it. Yeah, I'm. Right. I'm really just I'll not. I'll settle for that. I, I'm. I'm not taken with this. This iteration of DC. Like I. I don't like Zack Snyder. I've already said there's nobody on the planet that gives less of a fuck about the DC cinematic universe than Zack Snyder because he's just willing to burn whatever opportunities there are and just like make it up as he goes. And I it just, totally makes sense I think that's that he's gross. the person helming this. I, this I, crew. I think. I think that's fucking gross. I think that it's it's constantly shambling after um, the idea and chasing after coattails of what Marvel is trying to do and carving out their own niche. Oh, hey, and but I think good, that's dumb. But good news, we got to see DC's new logo again, so that's good. Fuck that logo. <laughs> Fuck their logos. The page, over and, like of the page turning. No, no, they use their new one here because they they have a new one now. So newer than the page turning, which is already pretty new. You yes. just find a logo and stick with it. <laughs> go with the shield. Go with the crest. I don't even care about the fucking like aluminum <laughs> book that you decided to like peel over and to make it to a D and a C. Just stick but with I, something and stand with it. Okay. Anyway, I'm not pretty. Con- pretty soon they're going to change to where they basically just copy and paste the Marvel logo. But <laughs> which then they, which you, they used to well, have. Which but was, then you'll which just see cool. a Sharpie, like, cross out Marvel <laughs> anyway, and just write DC. Anyway, I haven't even started talking about the film right now, okay? So, <laughs> That's okay. Okay, so I have, I'm, I'm just going to be 
really blatant about this. I wasn't really particularly looking forward to this film because I didn't agree with the marketing. I felt like it was way too much trying to channel the the vibe and the the vibe and the the spirit of Guardians of the Galaxy's marketing, which even then back then it kind of like put me off. I didn't know how to feel about it. But at least in then it kind of like earned its status and like showed like how it was using licensed music in order to like establish its own sense of identity. And this film, I honest to God, I I've seen it twice, and I I feel like I'm I'm forgetting two thirds of the film because it feels that forgettable. Like this this film is a shambling mess of tonal convolution of really ill advised editing on 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 so many levels. Not only just on scene level, not only on a scene level, but also on an arc level and a character level yeah. too. And honest to God, this soundtrack, this licensed soundtrack, usually I I, I don't. It's it's not supposed to be exceptional in any way. It's like it's just something that you throw on. But it was honestly distracting. And and at some point, when a particular song came on, which was Eminem's "Without Me," <laughs> which was then preceded by "House of the Rising Sun," as as Alex talked about before. What's well, the very beginning? Of the the song. very beginning of the songs. Like there's at least like a twenty minute stretch. I I I bet that there's at least a 20-minute stretch where it's just fucking licensed music yeah. before you actually see Viola Davis on screen yeah. as Amanda Waller How, walking yeah. into the restaurant. How about the song that actually is also in Guardians of the Galaxy? That's... Yeah, that was fucking bullshit. <laughs> Which one was that? I don't remember. I think it was... It was uh, uh, it wasn't Bohemian Rhapsody. No. It was, I, I, there, I'll have to look it up. But there, go, go ahead, do there's okay, so many. Yeah. There's so many conflicting feelings I have about this film. I'm just going to start about with characters and stuff like that. I will ask, though, I mean, since you did mention music, yeah. one of my favorite parts of the film was when Deadshot was given those weapons to show oh, off his skills. Oh, and he played Black Skinhead? Skip his, see, they got, his skills in the see, prison yard, see, and see, I was like, Kanye! Here, I, get, I get the hype for Kanye, but like, here's the thing about... This is obviously a film that I feel like learned the absolute worst lessons from Guardians of the Galaxy in that it tried it, – it looked at that and was like, yeah, I could do that. It's like funny music that like kind of like establishes its own identity. It's like that's cool. It's like but this film's supposed to be kooky, so we're going to have all the errors around like different places. Like if you actually – and I know I'm going to get so much shit from Marvel or DC fans by comparing the two of them. But fuck it. I don't care because they, they don't exist in a vacuum. These, these films act as reactions to one another not only within their own continuity but within their own and unfortunately, shared, their shared it is a genre space. Sort of thing. So if you actually look back at the um, at, at the soundtrack, the licensed soundtrack for Guardians of the Galaxy, it actually has a purpose and a point in that it's it's not only – it thematically ties the entire film together but actually acts as an object within the actual film in that it's Star-Lord's like one piece of, of, his, of his past and his memory to his mother and that's why he listens to it like – like you, you understand why that character is the way that he is because holy shit, he's been listening to Cherry Bomb and all these other songs. By the from way, like the nineteen sixties and nineteen seventies, all this way. The shared song is "Spirit in the Sky." Oh way. yeah, "Spirit in the Sky." Oh, yeah, which yeah. is in both Guardians of the Galaxy. If, if, yeah, it's good not point. in Guardians, is it? I thought yeah. it was yes, it um, a deleted song. No, it's in there. It's 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 towards the end. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it is. yeah, really? oh, yeah. Man. Um, so if you actually look at the soundtrack for Guardians of the Galaxy, like you see that the the genre is R and B, soul, and rock and stuff. And and if you take all the the different artists and the time periods that they they pull together, it's roughly falls between the lines of like the 
the late 60s to mid 70s like it has a crucial point that it just like hones in on like that's the vibe that it goes for this one has a fucking licensed song from Skrillex with Rick Ross and Jared Leto's in the music video and he doesn't fucking do anything and then we got another thing with with House of the Rising Sun and then we've got a song what's your, what's your beef with House of the Rising Sun I, I really want to know I like that song but, okay. I, was just, but I was just like what, what is wrong with it here but it's it opens throwing up in film. all of this shit it's, no, got, what, how, what? it's got House of the Rising Sun it's got Black Skinhead it's got a song from it's okay. got fucking Eminem. Okay. It's just, got Bohemian let's, Rhapsody. Let's just back up here just for it's a second. All over, it's representative of something that this has no cohesion. It's not concise. It's, it's on the all over the damn place. Yeah, Nick's trying to tell I'm me just, that. And it sh- so it's not an actual film? And it shows Correct. through for the That's actual film itself. Okay, can I, let, let's just back up here just a second. Let's I'm, just say really quick before you get to what you were saying. Uh-huh. I was right. And the Spirit of the Sky is not in not, the movie. Not in that. It's in the marketing It's on the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I'm not harping on... On, no, I'm not harping real. on House of the Rising Sun. You, you kind of are. I am, and dude. I'm not harping on Ri- House of the Rising okay. Sun. I like that let, song. Let me, let me say this. I just don't understand why s- its inclusion in this film, along with all the other films, because it does not exist in a vacuum. It's part of the same soundtrack. And I'm just like, what vibe are you trying to go for? It's like trying to either go for something moody, or it's trying to go for something outlandish, or it's trying to go up for something that's kind of like depressive, or it's trying to go for, up for something that's melancholic, or it's trying to go up for something that's contemplative. Do can you can you tell me what it's going out for? Because I don't know what the fuck this. It, it okay. goes into the let's very just, direction of this entire film. Let, I haven't even started talking about Margot Robbie yet. Let's just start here. I thought it was pronounced Robbie. Robbie, Robbie, <laughs> Robbie, Robbie, Robbie. Yeah, whatever. Robbie. Anyways, the so the licensed music thing. Let me start off with this. What? Whether you want to get into lyrical content, I'm that, not talking about lyrical content. I'm okay. talking about tonal content, about how it's actually like placed in the actual scenes itself, fine. and like how it's such, fine. I'm, have you have you seen other films? Like there are lots of films yeah, that but use here's licensed the, music. But here's the thing. The, here's the thing about that. I feel like there are scenes huh? that are in the trailer of this film that don't have any licensed music to it at all. That play better than they do in the actual film when they have to like layer on and cake all this licensed music. I don't know not, why it exists I'm not there. Necessarily, I thought some was good, some was bad. I, I thought I, it was I, shit. I, agree. I disagree. Like the House of that's the Rising okay. Sun thing. Dude, we, we could disagree. Okay, that's fine. We can disagree on it. I'm, all I'm saying is that I've seen a lot of people complaining about the use of licensed music in this film. Go watch other films. It's there for you. Um, I mean, yeah, it, but it's it not like it's, it's not like eight different songs that come from like. Are you sure? Three different periods that are then crammed together, okay. scene by scene by scene, in a twenty-minute stretch. Okay. Okay. Don't watch so, movies anymore, dude. Whatever. Okay. So it's Margot Robbie as as Harley Quinn. I thought that she was okay. I like her in her in her portrayal. I I. I I think that she truly embodies that character, and I think that that is a, a, a form of success on her part. I have disagreements with maybe sort of like the character itself. What, what would those be? Basically the way that she fawns after the Joker and, and how – I odd... mean that is messed up. I mean, like anybody that... can find that messed up. Yeah, like... and it's like I've actually gone back and – I will like... say it's a departure from the animated series, isn't it? Because No. I feel like it well... – Okay. Wasn't it accurate? I, I, well, that's I, what I'm I trying to say. say I, that's I mean, what I'm just, trying to get the words oh, out of my mouth. I'm because very sorry. I, Excuse you, Nicholas. I, I went continue. to go actually watch the original episode of Mad Love that actually shows her backstory from the second season of the Batman animated series. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it, it kind of confuses me how maybe I'm not really critiquing the film here, but I'm actually critiquing like the reaction to 
Margot Robbie's portrayal of of Harley Quinn, how Harley Quinn interacts with the Joker, and that's supposed to be like relationship goals. Like in that episode, like, and also in a deleted scene of this film, the Joker backhands Harley and then throws her through a fucking window. I was gonna say technically the deleted scenes are more accurate, so that people have bitched just, about. Just so. to be clear, I was going to reference the fact that the original series showed Joker in a much more domineering right. way. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I so I just I'm I, sorry, Nick. No, cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wasn't I, going to disagree with you. Yeah. I, I've seen uh some people and I mean I don't know. I I just I have not not necessarily a hard time, but I've seen some people complain about Harley Quinn's character here, and I feel like her it's character, the character itself that they're complaining with. Her character is just pretty accurate for what Harley Quinn's character has been throughout the history of that character. I mean, the character isn't static. It's actually there, there's been portrayals of Harley where she has sort of like rebelled against the Joker, which I feel like is necessary because it's just a, it's and literally a, it's a classic case of Stockholm syndrome. That's I don't what it necessarily is. think that this series is not going to ever do that. I I I just. I think that her character was pretty interesting here and pretty accurate for what I thought she was going to be. I I think she's actually pretty much the only character that they didn't fuck up in this movie, to be totally honest with you. I, the, the, the more that I, I watch – I've watched this film twice now, um, and I have no idea why Will Smith is in this film because I feel like he is – this doesn't seem like the kind of fair that he would. Django be. was too edgy. Yeah, I don't feel like this is the kind of fair that he would be a part of, and I and I honestly feel like it's because Eddie Murphy the, wasn't the available. character of Deadpool might have been rewritten in order to kind of play into the type that he nah. like usually plays as, which is more of like a he he can be like a, a a questionable character, but he can't be an outright bad guy. You can never see him playing as Denzel Washington's character in Training Day. He always has to have some redeeming, humanizing factor, which is a daughter. And and, and there's there's another like tonal thing that's going on with this, where you have like a it's a film that that coexists with a a suit up scene that is soundtracked with Eminem's "Without Me." <laughs> Two trailer park girls go around the outside, around the outside, around the outside. And then later on in the film, you have these characters getting together at a bar and sharing, basically pouring out their hearts. And Will Smith's Deadpool character talking to Colonel Flagg and saying, it's like, I'm going to carry you. It's gonna be like a chapter out of the Bible. That was that was legitimately horrible. That was a, that was <laughs> there, probably there, the worst. There was actually the there was actually people in the in the the second showing that I went to who were pretty much clutching their bros like oh, he said the Bible. Fuck yeah, make America great again. Yeah, that was that was kind of weird. <laughs> oh, there's another joke that was really funny where um it, it's the scene with Black Skinhead where um. Uh, who pretty much could have been a character where 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 Deadpool well he basically was um, uh, Deadpool was basically sh- firing at uh, the, the target Deadshot Deadshot sorry Keep Deadshot drinking, buddy. yeah <laughs> Deadshot was Deadshot was talking to Colonel Flag but actually he was talking to Amanda Waller I'm going to get to Amanda Waller in a minute and he basically makes this demand it's like yeah you're going to pay for my 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 child's tuition it's like i want her to go to the nice places like harvard and like yale like ivy league and if she doesn't have the grades for it i want you to white people that shit and that got a rousing bout of laughter from the second viewing that i went to go I bet see a it. lot of those people who laughed were white uh well a lot of them were <laughs> white bo- people say the funniest thing <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> institutional racism <laughs> Um. Yeah that that oh, that didn't that didn't really I love it really play that well with me I I didn't 
Uh, Amanda Waller is one of my favorite DC characters because she just seems like the most... She seems like the most realistic reaction, reactionary character to the presence of superheroes in that kind of world and that she serves a very vital role and that she is a monster that they keep on payroll. Mm. There's a scene where like, she goes to the actual like prison and Harley Quinn... Like when she's walking across the catwalk and she's saying, "Are you the devil?" And I was like, "I might be." And I'm just like, "Yeah, she pretty much is." Can I can I ask you a question? Yeah, what's up? I did not understand this part of the film, and someone help me out with this because I was very confused. Is it so, the, is it the helicopter crash? The three helicopter crashes that happened before then. It was right before <laughs> then when they their mission that they don't know about is to go capture and, and bring back Amanda Waller. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she shoots the two other agents in the head, what was that? So essentially, right after she does that, mm-hmm. uh, Rick Flag and both and Deadshot are both pretty surprised. Yeah, and she was like, "Those people weren't even cleared to be here." Yeah, they're not supposed to know. It about was supposed this. to yeah. show her ruthlessness. Yeah. Yes, half of it was to show her ruthlessness, and half of it was to be like, "Oh, those people weren't even supposed." Which to be here I don't even place. think I've ever seen Amanda Waller being that ruthless. Like but I've only I, I, I have I, a cursory I, knowledge of her past. Like again, like the Suicide Squad won't fuck with her because she'll shoot her own. Right people. again, she she just murdered two coworkers. Yeah. So. Hey. They're the bad guys. I, guess I what, mean, they weren't no, like, aside yeah. from Flag and the crew, like only she knows. I, I guess, like she just like Hugh Jackman from Chappied It Up. Like that was. <laughs> yes, yeah, she did. That was that was a concern. I really for me. enjoyed her portrayal because I felt like it was very much, uh, it, it was very loyal to the the source material of what I what I personally think that Amanda Waller is and that she has to... Can I ask a question? What's up? Sorry, I just... Because I'm curious because I've never read the comics mm-hmm. or uh, wherever Amanda Waller appears. Justice League Unlimited. Okay. Uh, is she African-American in the... In, yep. Okay. I yeah, just, my brother was like, Amanda H. Waller is so accurate to the comics okay. as is uh, Ian Stewart's Professor X. They're oh, like parallel to okay. like looking and being those characters. Yeah. So. yeah who's, I, Ian, who's Ian Stewart? Is that a... Did I say the wrong Ian person? McCle- oh my god. Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Or Mag- or Magneto Patrick and Stewart. Professor Stewart. X got Patrick together. Patrick Stewart. And they became Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Ultimate. Actually, actually, that happened once in the comics <laughs> where uh, Magneto and uh, Professor us, X like, uh, merged together to create like sort of like a super being. It was really weird. I wasn't wrong. You actually fought Wait, uh, like that super fought? being in Marvel versus Capcom 1 and 2. Did he did he did he ever fight Apocalypse? Uh, you can fight Apocalypse in that game. Uh-huh. Thank you for the save, Tucson. I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, no problem. I mean, someone's got to do it. <laughs> Tucson, actually, yeah. in this one version. Fuck off. Anyway. Did Be he nice. do that? There's only one thing I, I really... It's the first time in a while we've had a Tucson Urkel reference. Oh, wow. Great. <laughs> it's awesome. Alex is not funny. Neato. Anyway, I uh, what, what's her name? Kara. Kara Delavine. Kara Delavine. Anytime anyone Delavine. asks to say her name, we're just gonna have Anna do it. Okay, so. not a problem. Okay, Cara good. Delavine. Is that a name? Yeah, that's Tris. Is that a name? I there, there's only one thing that I really that liked about her character, and that was the first time that she transformed when she was in front of the uh, the basically yeah. the the private security. Like yeah, the, that's the secret- before we knew better. Yeah, when 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 her her hand kind of like clutches under it and then like twists around. It's like that's a really cool editing trick. I like it. It is. That. Yeah, that, that is cool. Yeah. Um something else, I mean, there is one thing I enjoyed about Enchantress. I felt like her backstory could have probably been a little more expanded because I was like <gasps> 
archaeologist that goes into a cave at the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, that was kind of cool. I felt like they could have... It belongs in a museum. (laughs) I felt like they could have just done a little bit more than her touching the statue. And no one thought at any time to let her voodoo doll slash nutcracker brother come along and let her just hold him there? What the fuck? Like, I... I, Hey, man, ghosts can't go through doors. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Anna, do you think that Enchantress is going to come back for the sequel? <sighs> you don't like you don't like that thought, do you? But no. it's probably going to happen. Okay, so that was actually um, a question I wanted to ask everybody here. In the lovely post-credit scene that we were talking about earlier, Batman retrieves some files from Amanda Waller, and the three files are Enchantress, The Flash, and I believe Killer Croc. It was Enchantress on there. Yes, yes. Oh, Enchantress wow. was yeah. the first one, and I believe the third one was Killer Croc. What I'm wondering, since at this point in the film, um, Enchantress is now gone, and now I think, we... it was, I think it was Aquaman. By the way, Aquaman, you're right. It's it was Enchantress, Aquaman. the Flash, the Flash, and, and Aquaman. Aquaman. You're correct. Yeah. So at this point in the film, Enchantress is gone, and now we have Doctor June Moon, and Rick Flag can have a happy ending just for a little bit. Oh, I'm, I'm really hoping sorry. that she doesn't come back because I just thought her character sucked. I thought that she was just a really bad, bad guy to be, and I don't want to see her ever again. Well, I mean, ever. her heart's been destroyed. I mean... Exactly. Her heart just, has been destroyed. Just, just like Davy Jones, like, down to the bottom. That was horrible. Like, that was legitimately Pirates of the Caribbean storyline that they used of them guarding the heart and controlling with... with yeah. Kalima. Like, that, that shit's been Do you done. Kalima. Superhero stories. Because huh? you're yeah. in one. So. So. <laughs> Fuck yeah. that. Actually, it's from the good parts of the Caribbean. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I'm hoping that Enchantress does not come back. What do you think, Tushant? Do you think she's going to come back? I hope... Like, I think I think that she'll probably... It's, it's some comic book timey-wimey bullshit. They'll find some way to, like, rope her back in. You know what's going to happen. Like, it's just like... Marty, I come back from the future! It's just like, like comic books. Like, they've already said, like, what... There, there's so many characters that I just don't give a fuck about, and because there wasn't not not enough time to actually develop them, and I feel like the first act was rushed, and the second act, I don't know what the fuck was going on. Was there a second act? Like, like I mentioned, was earlier, there a second? Yeah, <laughs> like, like this movie got to its its final scene for the most part, and it went on for about an hour and a half. Like, yeah. it felt like that went on and on and on, and never really had a break. Just kept going on the same line, good or bad. I'm, and I was really confused about the pacing. Technically, the the break. I guess would be the bar scene because then it like yes, leads into like the whole right. like climax music. I suppose. Like why even? Why even, like just like with Superman at the end of Batman vs Superman? Why even bother with the Joker flying off into a building with the helicopter? Man, I haven't even talked about the Joker yet. Yeah, we haven't really gotten. Why, to why even bother trying to be like, well, we killed the Joker? Like, so, why even do that? So I watched this film and I realized that for like the past nine months, like Jared Leto has just embraced his inner douchebag and just like. Did you tr- not get your anal beads from him? And trying and trying to like play I up the whole your your butt hurt over the that. whole character acting thing about that, and I thought maybe that might actually yield into something. That might be interesting, but he was only in this film for eight minutes. Joke's on Jared Leto. And I feel like the more I learn about his tactics and what he went into well, – not his tactics, but his antics of what he went into for the the filming of this film, he seems less like a guy who's playing the Joker and more like one of those guys that 
is really uncomfortably like way too into cosplaying as the Joker. You know that one guy <laughs> at the party where I'm just guy. like, okay, that's great. I heard that um, while on set and he was in character, he gave Mar- Margot Robbie a gift and the gift was a rat in a box. I, I heard a story about how David Ayer made them all like fight each other because you can't really know a person until you fight them. This dude took directorial advice from a one-off character from The Matrix. Let's, let's, well, let's, who the fuck are you? Is this a true fact? This is true fact. Let's talk about this. (laughs) Like he he punched the the girl who's katana in the in the nose and he's just like, You gotta guard your face. Let's talk about this. this. Let's talk about this for the Joker for a second. There's also viral horniness apparently on on the set, so I have no idea what that is. Is it the w- fucking Olympics? Will Smith will not disclose what the fuck that means, but well, he he's just got said, a wife. I know, right? It, it's it's fucking <laughs> it's fucking weird. So okay, here we go. Let me ask this really quickly. Joker, incomplete for me. Whatever. Uh, we come to find out that apparently he had a lot of scenes that were deleted from this film. You whether know how I got these tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> whether that's legit or not, le- whether he had 30 minutes deleted from the final cut or not, uh, it- it's pretty much been announced that a lot of his backstory character was actually removed from this film uh, to change the tone of yep. Margot Robbie's character. Mm. Um a, what do we think about that? And B, does that say something about what DC thinks of Jared Leto as the Joker? Or are I, they fucked now? I I watched uh, the scenes that had that, that I that I could watch of Jared Leto as the Joker, and honest to God, I walked out of the theater wondering why the f- why do I give a fuck about the Joker at all? Like I know that I really and, and this is one of the honestly like one of the greatest overall film superhero villains of all time. I mean, yeah, and, because... because and you don't Batman, give a fuck about this portrayal of I don't it. give a fuck about it because it didn't have anything to it, and I don't feel like I'm I'm going to remember it like months from now. It's just like it doesn't matter. Um, and I understand that Batman is like one of the most popular superheroes of, of all time, and part of that is is... In fact, because he has the best rogues gallery. He has the best foils that kind of like act as sort of a... Uh, a mirror of his own like fractured psyche and a lot of ways I, I, I see when, when I was a kid I, I could never really understand it's like you know I understand like how there's there's supposed to be like this 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 polar opposition to to an to an antagonist and a protagonist and I usually thought that came around with the theme of like well it's a bat what's the opposite of a bat and I was like a joker what the fuck is that and I understand it's like because the the bat Batman is so straight faced and the Joker is basically the one who like gives over to like the the insanity of this entire situation versus like yeah, Batman still trying to just keep it together. Yeah, but for the most part, we find out that they're for the most part the same. Sure, guy. why not? <laughs> I mean, I I just I I just don't I don't understand the hype for this character anymore. I don't understand why I'm I'm supposed to give a shit about it. I I liked Heath Ledger because like I feel like his his portrayal of it fit into the actual mood of that universe, and I feel like it drew something out of it that was uniquely menacing about that character in that context. And I don't think that every single Joker needs to adhere to the standard of what Heath Ledger did because it's part of that universe. Like, there's going to be different portrayals. Like, there's there have been different portrayals. Not every Joker has to be Mark Hamill. Not every Joker has to be. Um, the the guy from the Adam West uh, cartoon. Cesar Romero? Cesar Romero. No, that guy's legendary. That guy told him, I'm not fucking shaving my mustache. And they're like, all right, we'll paint over it. Yeah, not, like, <laughs> you don't have to be that guy. It's like you can 
I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, he's got to live up to Mark Hamill, who's done this absolutely Do fantastic be, voice work. You just got to be you, man. You just got to, like, figure Heath out. Heath Ledger, who won an Oscar and fucking died after yeah. this movie was made. Oh, and Jack Nicholson. Did you hear what uh, what Jared Leto said about uh, the deleted scenes uh, for the Joker? Like, I'm sure he, they were fabulous. No, he said, it's like, was, were there any scenes that weren't deleted? Were there any scenes that weren't deleted? It's like, mm. oh, like, well, maybe if I die, they'll end up on the DVD or something. That's the good part of, like, an actor dying. And I'm just like, you are the scummiest piece of shit. I fucking hate now you. Now I understand why Will Smith said he didn't sucks. like Jared Leto. Yeah, I was like, I well, feel like that makes well, a lot no, of that, sense. No, that's another thing about, about that. Do you it's guys like, think, and this is... That was actually from a, a, a spoof news site, so it's, it not, actually, yeah, it's not actually true. Man, so. my sources no, are shoddy. No, he said he didn't like him. He yeah. said that on yeah. multiple accounts. I mean, okay. I'm not saying he got... Let, like let me ask you guys seriously about this. Is there any way, shape, or form possibility you could see DC replacing Jared Leto with somebody else? No. no? Um, okay. I feel like not yet. Can you imagine... Uh, can you imagine... The internet? They wouldn't be able to handle it. Batfleck in a scene with Jared Leto's The Joker. Like, I can. Can, can you imagine them sure. playing off of one another? Because it just seems kind of fucking weird I to feel- me. Uh, for, for Marvel... Like Marvel, when they have had to, they've replaced somebody. And I, but have they replaced anybody that was actually important? That was literally a central figure of the. Again, of, of I, the know, I guess they, War Machine in this case billing. is not really considered important. Right. They, I mean, they've had great batting average when you consider their central roles, like Iron Man, Captain America. But uh, if they had to replace one of the core Avengers, I don't think they would. Like uh, even like Hawkeye, who but, I think but has, has Jeremy anyone, Renner is fine in it. But has, like, has anyone really? Um, not not that it, this seems to be unanimous. Whether it be the filmmakers, the other actors, the people who are writing the film, the people who are seeing the film, nobody really is digging this. Like it 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 would be somewhat unprecedented, but. It, would would it necessarily be the worst thing? And this is coming from someone who honestly doesn't really even have that big of an opinion about this Joker. So I don't know. No, they're they're not at least not for no. Okay. Uh, just Nick, what do you think about the Joker? <laughs> what do you think about this movie? What do you yeah, think, about, you this think about this movie? I've, I've pretty much exhausted the the full brunt of my my disdain for this film. So why don't you go at it, buddy? I will say first. You know what? Let me backtrack a tiny bit here. <laughs> And say, let me give you some context, okay? I do not like superhero movies. No, I, no, I know, and I, but I'm gonna give it. This is ev- news to me, honestly. I know, I know but I'm gonna give it every time we talk about, just so that way I'm not pretending like this this made for me or anything like that. But now that being said, you did somewhat enjoy Captain America: Civil War, right? Yeah, I thought that was like the pass passable superhero passable, for you. Correct. Okay, like, that's, that's quality control as far as gotcha. that's like I'm not like wanting to kill myself or something, you know, whatever. But, <laughs> but yeah. for what Marvel's yeah. doing, you were okay with what I was that like, was. I understand why people like this. Okay. I just don't. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. But, so, I don't like this genre. However, here are some things that I like. Just want to throw this out there. I love commercial soundtracks. I love when films load their movie up with songs I instantly recognize and can accentuate a scene to kind of transcend mm-hmm. whatever is happening in context. Uh, there's a companion to that scene. Yeah. I love uh, I love edgy things. I like when we kind of are asked to sympathize with people that are less than 
uh, altruistic that are, you know, like uh, I, my favorite movies always center around, uh, center around assholes, whether it be like Magnolia or Inside Lewin Davis, like just people that are too damaged to truly function in a society where we would normally give them a pass. But in a movie, we get to learn more about them. So therefore, we kind of are on their side, so to speak. Uh, I love movies that take place in real time. So a movie that takes place all in one day or all in one night. Uh, I mean, these are like literally probably my three favorite things that I, I can get out of. So this movie. was teed up for you. This was teed up for me. <laughs> I thought this was one of the worst movies I've seen all year. Mm-hmm. I and real I, question, yes. just real question. Yes. I, I actually didn't look at your rankings. Did you put this at the very bottom of your list? It is second to last. What's last? Um, is fundamental Independence Cur- Day? Independence Day is last yeah, we, because okay. that's at least like at least this has a soundtrack. <laughs> Like, that is the bare minimum of, like, me, like, I could close my eyes and at least I'm listening to my iPod. Or it's a mixtape. Yeah. So, um... Okay. A really I was, bad mixtape. Yeah, no, but that's the thing. All the songs in this movie, I can't think of a song I don't like. I right. Lo- there you go. I listen to I Eminem. Agree. I love House of the Rising Sun. I love, you know, all the other songs, Spirit of the Sky, you name it. Um, but uh, you guys already kind of talked about it, uh, the soundtrack at length. I am certainly in the camp that this soundtrack is completely meaningless mm-hmm. when it is played back to back to back to back to back in the first 20 minutes sure. and then not at all after yes. the first 20 minutes. I just, after the second, third song, I was like, this is just not fun anymore. And it made me dislike what had come before because it just felt like a trailer over and over and over. I feel like here's the only thing I'll say about that yeah. is I've, I've it's almost seen... as if it was edited by somebody who made the trailer. Yeah, almost. Mm. I will say this. What happens? Um, I, I just have seen so many people just complain about the soundtrack because oh, it's trying to be Guardians of the Galaxy. Like I, I feel like if you don't like the soundtrack, that is, is not though. a reason to not like it. Well, I don't like the way they use these songs. I, I like the music in the movie. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, okay. just because you feel like it is trying to be something like Guardians of the Galaxy, I was. do think this is certainly trying to be that. Yeah. but that's not why I dislike okay. it. I think okay. it just. I think fundamental- that the soundtrack is representative of a tonal inconsistency within the film that is already like scattershot as it is. Sure. I, yeah. I just think it's a fundamental misunderstanding of why to choose these songs and uh, and how to uh, play them without uh, overbearing the others. I mean, that's that's my big thing. Is gotcha. That, um, but even putting that aside, uh, I didn't like this movie. I thought this movie was a complete mess. Like, the first 20 to 30 minutes, even though I pretty much did not like it at all, but I will admit was compulsively watchable. Like, as much as it was making every mistake I didn't want it to make, I I, I was at least watching it and thinking about it and and getting through scene to scene. (laughs) But the minute it, it leaves that first 20 to 30 minutes, which I think are pretty awful, but... The minute it leaves that, it it enters benign superhero territory that it cannot get out of. And uh, these characters are are supposed to be bad guys, and they never are. I mean, they they get backstories that try to convince you that they are horrible people. And I want to get into one of them in particular, but not right away. Hold on one second. Can I give, really, (laughs) uh, because you just jogged my memory of something I wanted to bring up, that I'm glad you said that, is that... I feel like that was part of the reason why I could never get fully on board with this film at all throughout any part of it is that this is and the, one of the reasons why I absolutely loved and wanted to see this film is this is a film about villains who become yeah. superheroes. Th- th- this should have been the Do they though? 
just what? Well, no, but that's what the trailer said. Right. The, yeah. the, the, this is the easiest storyline you ever have to sell. And not, not necessarily. It's an easy concept for a filmmaker. It, this is villains who become superheroes. It should be. It should be the easiest thing you ever have to plan out of what you're going to do. In, it's going to take time, but you this can figure is their it out. Arc. This, this right. This is what this story should be. These people should be doing fuckery throughout the film and <laughs> going back to their roots, and they should be. They should not be all having these heartwarming stories that own give a that reason. shit. Like, like own for it. real. They should have taken that to heart. Like for for reals. Like the, the, these characters. Like no one should give a fuck about Jai Courtney's boomerang. Like we have to go on, and I'm sure it's got connection. But he loved like, that boomerang. He I loved was the boomerang. Say, he loved I, the the pink. Uh, the pink unicorns pink is fetish. Unicorn? That's yeah. how you know it. he's that was, crazy. See, yeah. that was funny. Like I saw Jai Courtney's boomerang, and I was like, I would like to have a drink with boomerang because he's had three <laughs> Guinnesses and can still throw that goddamn boomerang. So. But well, Guinnesses are light beers. So let's be honest. I, I, I get it. Like they're they're trying <laughs> to make. Every- he's Australian. He can handle it. <laughs> they're trying to make everyone who's watching this film feel like these characters are protagonists, but they are not. So. Why not just fucking embrace them? But it also has it. Their no. They are protagonists, but they're not. Yeah, heroes. protagonists are they're not anti-heroes, necessarily... right? Isn't that yeah, technically pr- what they are? But in the usage and hero. literally, that's true. But but this film is playing these characters all as protagonists. No. Yes. No. 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 Hold on. Wait, wait, Protagon- I disagree. Protagonist is not synonymous with hero. Right. Protagonist simply means the characters that are shall we say, the center of the story and are adverse to whoever the true antagonist of a story Their is. Doesn't mean anything about moral relativism. The story. So yeah. are you just saying that they're no, heroes? I, they're I, not heroes. It, it's more about... They're playing them as heroes, but they're not heroes. All of these right. characters all had to always be on the up and up throughout the entire story. And I wanted more infighting. I wanted... I, I just wanted more of these characters still yeah, being villains. what happened to that? They're a squad. There man. was no infighting. Good point. Yeah. Um, I, I Guardians gotta... had infighting. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, it sure did. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you throw a raccoon in there. <laughs> that's right. And a talking tree. <laughs> I gotta say, um, to, to go off of what you're saying, Alex, mm. is that I think this movie centers this film around, shall we say, bad guys as this movie routinely goes out of its way to say, I'm talking like like Deadpool is a meta movie. So even though I was not a fan of Deadpool, it gets one more point above this movie because it is allowed to say what they are and what they are. Whereas this movie has no excuse to have its characters point out that they are bad guys. And it's not just Margot Robbie's one line that's in the trailer. Characters routinely say that the I'm a bad guy or I'm a dick. Or, like Will Smith is like, he I'm, I'm just an asshole who yeah. shoots people. And that happens throughout the entire movie in place of actual characters character development to show us this so the character just tells us who they like, are yeah. i feel I, like <laughs> after seeing this film like the way i am they, bad man the way they have set up these characters of this universe they cannot have standalone movies with these characters being villains anymore no that that would be silly um well that's that would that's, be the silly squad that's really unfortunate <laughs> no it is like like that's um, this is the corner they've painted themselves into like they can no longer let me have ju- margot robbie playing an antagonist let, and they're in a the corner fuck? and then they just build another corner within the corner <laughs> Since we've talked about... It's I collapsing. Would... Welcome to the DC Cinematic Universe. Okay. 
since we've talked about, I would say, a lot of the major points, like Jared Leto, who I don't give a shit about, uh, Harley <laughs> Quinn, who I also don't give a shit about. I think she was okay in the role, but I, 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 was gonna say, I don't think she was actually anything special. I overall, her her character in this film, what did you what do you think about her character? Well, her performance was okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Her character is another story. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. That's, that's the character different. itself. Yeah. I, 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 I wasn't on board with it, because A, How, it, it never made any fucking sense why they okay. would put her in the Suicide Squad. Like, what? Really? She's, she's, yeah. She was in there from the, no, from no, the no. original No, no, no. I comics. get it. Yeah, I get it, yeah. It's not like I don't <laughs> but understand But was the reason where, in the film like, why it's she... just in the canon of... Because I'm not going to judge this based on the fact that there's existing properties for it to base itself off of, because that's not a good sign of a what good should, film. What has she done other right. than being an accomplice to the Joker she is that, a was, that was so person. that was so egregious that she had to be put into a max prison no, along with these other likes? I, I don't understand why they would break her out of it to allow her to roam free uh, with the... Like, I don't understand... What's well, the whole point of the story, is that they're no, letting these her. people... I get why they did it for everybody, like in a general sense. I don't understand why she, like, what her, what she brings. What does to the she table contribute? Yeah, that somebody else can't bring, like a special op can't bring. Because right? it's you know. Harley Quinn. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. She's got that. She's got no that sense. baseball yeah. bat. Let me ask you guys yeah. a question uh, okay. about the dream sequence that is used between her and Enchantress, where she dreams of ha- being a stay-at-home mom with the Joker that, as a normal guy, really and she stupid. has. That's what I was asking about really what you stupid. think about her vision of that, and is that necessarily the worst thing ever? Bitches just want to be tamed. <laughs> That's what I got. I from thought it. that just uh... made the most perfect sense because Doctor Harleen Quinzel fell in love with the Joker, mm-hmm. and now she's Harley Quinn, but. Harley Quinn still wants to have her happy ending with the Joker where she's a mom and he's a husband and he wears a suit and he goes to work every day. She, like that is like the white picket fence dream. She what what, just what, I, what wants I really the Joker to love her and she's Exactly. She's she con- wants she wants a perfect she's relationship. She's constantly like fawning after like when when it's good, it's good. Mm-hmm. But when it's bad, it's just like, "Oh, it's not Puddin's fault. It's my fault. Well, what, it's literally a textbook abusive well, relationship. Well, what, what is very interesting about the Joker and Harley Quinn's relationship, which for the most part is not thought of at all throughout this film, other yeah. than a couple small little parts of it, is that Harley Quinn brings out the best in the Joker. In in hold on, stop yourself. Harley Quinn brings out I was the best. Yeah, huh? Harley Quinn brings out the best in the Joker, while the Joker brings out the worst in Harley Quinn. So they have Mm -hmm. an overall toxic relationship. What is the best in the Joker? No, I'm just talking about in in throughout the comic history of their weird relationship. First of all, they were introduced in the animated series, not in the comics. Yeah. There's no comics at all. Actually, there, there, is, there is there comics. Was, there are comics. But, Mad but Love came that out in 1994, which was then adapted into right. an episode yeah, of that. Yeah, her first appearance but, was the animated series. Okay. Yes. Right. Yeah. All I'm saying is that they they have this weird relationship that really just kind of was not thought of because we had to think about all these other characters in here, but I don't yeah. know. That's why I thought it was stupid. It was a okay. five-minute subplot that doesn't make sense to me because... It wasn't awesome to see her in her original outfit? No. It wasn't. I and really like that. Fuck that's, you. That's you, okay. you, hate, what? you hate America. In a, I, maybe <laughs> I do, but I don't care. But the, this is not the kind of movie... 
that I want Own to see. Own that shit. Yeah. Own <laughs> it. This is not the kind of movie that, in my opinion, can handle anything that's even resembling that level of a mental illness a depiction. I mean, no. I'm, like you, what, you, you, you need like, an animated series or something where you can actually. Are, are you telling me the movie with the clown with damage over his forehead? Yeah. It didn't have a yeah. realistic no. depiction also, of, like, can, of the multiplicity of evil. At the can same can time? I just say because yeah. I don't want to like drag this on too long? Yeah. Okay. But I think we've talked about the Joker and Harley Quinn enough, and mm. my opinion is that the Joker is stupid and Harley Quinn was a great <laughs> performance. But uh, to what end? To no end for me. But let's talk about something we haven't talked about. Uh, so far and this is something I really want to bring up and this is pretty much the microcosm as to why I hate this movie as a whole because it's completely inconsistent despite the fact that it has a seemingly three act structure like it thinks it's doing something that it ends up shooting itself in the foot so let's talk about a character we have not even mentioned in this entire review which Slipknot I loved him he was great. Okay. Thanks, Tucson. Let's talk about the character that I was actually going to, because we had mentioned Slipknot, uh, Diablo. Okay. Uh, the character yeah. who is the fire dude who, uh, sh- yeah, he's the Latin gangbanger. That's sure. Un- that's yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah. It is uncomfortable. But it's just what it is. Let's just take, really quick, I'm going to lay it out here, as the film does, uh, of what his three-act story is. He is a a person who, in the very beginning of the film, he is a uh, non-violent, trying to be a peaceful, shall we say, person, which makes who no sense. Who says he's not going to participate, yeah. and then they it makes no sense why. Well, <laughs> it makes no sense why they would just let him then. Like, oh, if you're not going to do it, then, oh, well. Right, and we, then he's we there. Just, you know what? what? We, we think you'll do it by the third act, so we're going to let you out of the cage. Anyway. Um <laughs> But anyway, they they let him out. He is a a Latin gangbanger, which I don't even want to get into the racial implications of that. Uh, oh, yeah, who sorry. has domestic abuse problems in yeah. his in his flashbacks, and that's the thing, which, which is a a for the most part pivotal scene in the it's film, a very pivotal scene yeah. because it shows that. Let's pretend this isn't a superhero film, but this is clearly what happened because what it, it almost takes a coward's way out of depicting domestic abuse because instead of trying to drive home the idea that he has rage problems, the movie tries to err on the side of that he has uncontrollable powers, even though it is clearly stating that this is the result of his anger issues. So I was a little confused as to even what it was trying to present in this subplot. But What is the source of his abusive how about, nature? How, yeah. about, how about this? And in, I'm, I'm pretty much with you, Nick. Yeah. The, the fact that he uses the exact same power that he used to murder his family to overcome the villain in that, the, in that, the final that scene... Thing. We, we're introduced to him that this is a horrible thing, that he killed his entire family with yeah. this. Then we go to the bar scene in which he you know, pours out his heart, like we mentioned, uh, and that this is his biggest regret. And so we're humanizing this character. Then the third act comes, and it's like, <laughs> He hey. lost one family. He doesn't want to lose another one. <gasps> yeah. Remember, Ride or die, baby. Remember when you killed your family? We're going to need you like to do that again that. so that way we can kill. And it's not like I don't understand why that that would be okay as far as uh, or why whatever or why, but like, 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 like why his comic book character wouldn't do that like the, that does make sense right but after we've just had this but, pouring heart scene five minutes earlier yes, literally and it yeah. ties into <laughs> the fundamental misunderstanding of whether the characters are good or bad which this movie completely does not understand because Agreed. it ties into yeah. another uh arc which is dead shots and i had to stop myself from laughing when Deadshot was going to shoot uh, Kara Delevingne in the face or whatever, and his daughter in showed up. In the face! <laughs> yeah. Fatality! And, it had to, and, and his daughter shows up, and it's like, Daddy, if you shoot her, you're a bad person. And that makes no sense. Not because Deadshot 
is not a bad person because he's clearly murdered how, thousands of people. How, how but about, when he's going to shoot the one person that's essentially going to end the world, then he's an asshole no, compared to his to, daughter that's wh- not even there? What's the source of that actual illusion, though? It's if you're going to bring up comic books, I don't give a fuck. No, it's from Enchantress. <laughs> she's, used, she's diving into his mind yeah. and just like trying to like how use this, this, way, this but that's clearly depiction. a manifestation uh, of his own fears. How, how about the fact I mean, let's yeah, not pretend. using a manifestation of his own Wait, fears in order to pretend. like somehow goad him into hesitating so that he doesn't shoot it in time. Okay, how, how, so not, yeah. how about the fact that they fight for like five minutes before this, murder her brother, and sh- then she just disarms all of them at one time, and it's like, wait a minute. That was some God of War shit. I'm no, just like, but... this is like entering into the third phase of the battle where you have to like kill Zeus, and I'm just yeah. like, why the fuck is this happening? But why like, did you disarm me? The boss from yeah. Star Fox just let the whole battle happen and let everyone die, <laughs> and then he's like, <laughs> where, silence! Where Slippy in the, in the fucking Suicide Squad. Fox. Can I just say I this movie? Can I just say Whoa. this? Can I just say this? This movie has probably the most devastating line I've heard in the cinema oh all year. Oh god! Uh, in which Rick Flag says, "The only woman I've ever loved has been taken over by a witch." <laughs> <laughs> did you hear about? Did you read the part where I was sleeping with her? And I was like, "Yeah, what's it like being with a witch?" Joel he, Kinnaman. Joel he he never, he, answered, he the never answers oh, the question. Oh, can I go back to Joel Kinnaman's character? He, he, for he, he, Con- he Colonel fit Flag? right. He fit Be right in here. He did. He <laughs> okay. Okay. So. Colonel Flag. Okay, so what do we know about this character, he's right? He's nothing much. He's a nothing. penis. Okay, he's, yeah. a, he's a penis? Yeah. Okay, he's part of the, the U.S. military. He's part of, like, special ops. He's basically, First like... First of all, let's not insult penises He's, like he's, he's the, the commander of the of Task Force X, otherwise known as the Suicide Squad. Also, he wears his ID badge on his sleeve he wears instead of his fucking chest. Fucking badass. Yeah. 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 Okay, what do you think that Joel Kinnaman had that to... That was really ridiculous, right? It was, yeah. What do you yeah. think that he had to like, go through in order to train for that role? Pretty much nothing. Actually, no. He actually Weight like, Watchers. I don't know. He had to. Um, <laughs> he go, wasn't fat. Go out hiking with some special forces forces agent for like six to eight hours, and then they strapped him down and made him watch uncensored videos of cartel beheadings in order to prepare for his role. Just, How the fuck did that actually dovetail into his actual portrayal? It's the pursuit know. of truth. Do you, did David Ayer tell him to do that? Yeah, this is some fucking stupid. Did, did, did you know? Before before The Dark Knight, Christopher Nolan sat down the entire cast and made them watch Heat. That fucking asshole. Did he really do that? Oh, I like Heat. It's a, it's a, it's a movie, so yeah, it's fine. Okay, it's so I, I'm... It's a little different. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, he sat them in a mildly uncomfortable hot room. I really... People, <laughs> I mean, people do that all the time as far as, like, uh, yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson made Everybody in Magnolia watch Robert Altman films and a few other... Okay, things. big difference between... Oh, yeah, there's a difference between watching Robert like, Altman films and watching cartel beheadings. I know, one is like a I treat. bet, I bet when <laughs> Joel Kinnaman saw the final cut, he was like, I watched all those videos for that. Like, he should have known by the moment he stepped Can someone set. please tell Joel Kinnaman to shave off that shit-ass mustache? He has had that... In pretty much every movie yeah. he's been in, and it looks as fucking middle school as it did the first time. And you know what I would really look forward to? Even if I didn't like this film, I would really like a Heart of Darkness sort of like documentary on the I making of this that film. That would be insufferable. Just, at least just, Heart of just, Darkness, just to see. No, no, Heart of Darkness at least led to the creation right, of Apocalypse Now. There's a difference between... Look at that study. silly-ass mustache. He's had that in every movie, yeah. and yeah. it is not good. Look at that fuzz. 
I don't like his haircut. <laughs> an otherwise handsome man with an unfortunate mustache. Mm, and no fucking acting Diana. skills in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Still like Robocop. It's weird to say. think that Boyd Ugh, Holbrook that is the poor him. man. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. It's, it's weird it's totally to think, forgettable. It's fuck. weird to think that Boyd Holbrook is the poor man Joel Kinnaman. Like, what does that say about Boyd Holbrook? <laughs> anyway. Uh, Boyd Holbrook isn't even cute. <laughs> Boyd, Agreed. Boyd Boyd Holbrook is, for the most part, for me, one of the worst act currently working actors. I would agree. <laughs> Thank Nick. Were you trying to talk like him? Is that why you... No, Boyd yeah. Holbrook, like, I honestly cannot think of any role I've seen him in that I've thought, oh, that's passable. <laughs> like, it's all been that's horrible. That's tolerable. I, I'm okay with this. Like, the movie we saw with him at Sundance was honestly... First of all, I would I was more upset with about um, Elizabeth Moss, who got dragged into a shit movie and put on a shit performance, and it was not good. She gave a bad An unfortunate performance. performance. I wouldn't say an awful or a shit performance, because I feel like if everybody else... I feel was, like it um, stood out because... Stood out, yes, because yeah. she was the only one acting, so to yeah. speak, whereas everybody else was. I'm gonna start that. So that's why, yeah, it did. It stood out. I mean, no. the fact that she did spend like six minutes of the movie in a dog cage was a little. That was pretty cute. So, do you know what was really crazy about the Suicide Squad for the Don't Joker? <laughs> it's like the one scene where uh, the Joker's uh, henchman comes in into a special room, and you see ha ha ha. That spray paint oh, on God. the walls, and you see like the Chinese like takeout things that are above there. And he laid out all these knives that he never uses in the actual film. And if you actually look in the top right corner when it's like panning out, you can see in front of all those um, simultaneous like laptops he has open for whatever fucking reason. I don't know if he has to like step over the machetes in order to do that, but you can actually see two like baby onesies that are kind of like laid out there just so that you know how crazy he is. It's nuts. Speaking of the what Joker. What is he going to use those for? I don't know. Speaking of, of the Joker. It's like the three shells of I Demolition wanted to, Man. I wanted to like basically play off of what Alex had said earlier. There really wasn't enough of the Joker for me to have an opinion other than the scenes that we saw him in that were kind of like explanation and setup before he finally rescues Harley Quinn for like the two minutes that he did. It felt like they were the middle of a scene and that we missed the beginning and the end yeah. of what would have been something otherwise complete, which wasn't really cool. And when Joker was in those scenes, you really got to see like how Jared Leto put together the character and how he like repeated his words under his breath repeatedly. And, um, that was redundant and just like kind of really got that crazy out and like kind of pulled off those grills surprisingly. Uh, and what I know? did, what I did appreciate though is I reacted badly as everybody else did to that promo poster of him covered in those tattoos. He has less tattoos in the movie, which I really do appreciate because he didn't need that many in the first place. But the fact that he still has them, I think is kind of, I will cool. say two things about the Joker. Uh, not that, it's like, that I appreciate the one that I did. Uh, the first scene that we see from him in the first trailer that's pretty much long forgotten after the Queen and the other trailer came out, uh, of him, the first vision we have of him, of him holding the two things saying, I'm going to hurt you real bad, and that ends up being with Harley Quinn, which is pretty cool that that was the first image, and then that ends up being the... The only character that he has any meaning with, which is... her fucking brain, like, wrecking him for a dream, and then, like, wills her to, like throw herself into a vat of acme acid and then mix out with her man what a fucking ass 
Yeah. So, anyways, so that scene, I was, I was, I liked that that had at least some sort of payoff in the in the in the final product in a, in one way, shape, or form. And I'm not sure how to feel about this final part either. It's the most ridiculous, nonsensical thing ever, or it's kind of a fun mm. comic booky thing. Mm-hmm. The fact that when he his whole crew in the very ending scene of the film goes to break out Harley Quinn, and that his uh, FBI uniform says Joker across it. I, that was fucking stupid. I couldn't figure out if it was stupid or if it was kind of funny. No. I don't I know. I thought it was kind of funny. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. I don't know what to think about it. But I will say what was funnier is that Harley Quinn got her espresso machine. <laughs> Everybody got their thing. I mean, he got like a... BET for, alli- got, for uh, alligator guy. Al- uh, Killer, uh, Croc. Killer Croc got his, uh, his BET, what, the butts? What? What was beautiful? The butts? No, he was beautiful. Oh, okay. Yeah, he said there was a whole storyline. There was a whole storyline about that. Apparently, there was a deleted scene. Maybe it'll be in the R-rated cut. Uh, Um, (laughs) Deadshot got Slipknot got his ashes spread, probably, or he didn't because no one remembered who he was. (laughs) Should we go into ratings? Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Thank you. I'm done. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I will, I'm proud of us. We didn't talk about Marvel that much during no, this episode, which is great. Because yeah. on the Batman vs Superman, we honestly talked about Marvel for about an hour. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But good news for both of you guys. Uh, this is probably the last superhero movie we're going to do this year. We're Unless, not going to do Doctor Strange. I don't know. It depends. Doctor Strange comes out in November. You I feel guys. like we're probably going to do it. Let's yeah. just be honest. Okay. We'll see. We'll I say that as someone who doesn't want to, but that's one of those weird outliers that could either be good or bad. It's really coin toss. Like fuck it. Let's see, just, they're teasing we'll see. the trailer during the Olympics. See, they didn't show the trailer. All they did was show previews that they will show the trailer during the Olympics. I and I'm looking forward a to it. Trailer. Sorry, I thought they already had a second trailer. I've only. Seen I mean, the there one. might be an exclusive one that they show during the Olympics. Uh, I think that's what they're alluding to. Okay, and it's the part where Tilda Swinton actually transforms into an Asian person, so it's going to be great. Man, because it's an international film. So stop! Oh my god, it's only international. Like okay, oh god! Now now I'm gonna get on the, the Great Wall the, with Matt Damon. Job. Oh hey, I good saw job. the trailer for that. Oh my god! Didn't we all that, see the trailer for that? That oh looks very god. colorful. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, that's a factual statement. <laughs> see, I reacted the same way as you. I Not was like, what tones, is Matt but... Damon doing in a film about the Great Wall? I have so many feelings about this. I yeah. love that tagline, by the way. What were they trying to keep out? Matt Damon. Can I can I ask this question? And this is. Because we're not talking about Suicide Squad anymore. Apparently not. <laughs> well, we'll give ratings at some point. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've seen a lot of thoughts about Matt Damon in, in the Great Wall film, and I don't honestly have an opinion on it really yet. The entire film is is funded by by Chinese publishers, and they chose Matt Damon because they like Matt Damon, yeah. and that's what it is. I feel like there has been quite a lot of thoughts on it, what, good or bad. Whatever, that's fine. Don't have an opinion on it really yet. I, I don't. Just don't. White man, don't have an opinion on it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I just don't know really anything about the film. I don't yeah. know anything about his character. I don't know anything about what this is, story is supposed to be. So yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, Was there this much publicity when Tom Cruise was in The Last Samurai? No. Okay. 
But we're living in that age. There are different time. When did that come out? 2000. I feel like that was 2003. Yeah, it feels like a 2003 movie. It it feels like a 2003 movie. It's definitely a pre-Twitter film. If anything, that's even more egregious uh, than what's happening here. Simply because this is a fantasy story. So I'm sorry, but but I feel like yeah. No, I'm just saying. (laughs) As far as I know, right? True. I'm gonna be sorry. It's the truth. Yeah, I I feel like I I know so many people that honestly really love the Last Samurai. And love Tom Cruise in that movie, and but, I feel like uh, so many people have already just decided, "Oh man, no!" But we is... live in the age of the think piece, and 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 I would say a lot of the film criticism, as I've been charting it over the past, as far as me reading it uh, in depth for the last probably since I was in just starting high school, mm-hmm. so that was two thousand six, so that's about a decade. Yeah, in the last four to five years, it is definitely shifted into a more politically minded territory and i'm not saying that that's a bad thing or that that's uh in any way not useful or uh i do think sometimes it obscures the true quality of film sometimes mm. but uh it, when it's too reliant of how that film actually reacts to the environment all, for which it is actually all, like produced. all i can say yeah. about the great wall is i saw that and the assassin's creed trailer back to back i don't think i, I can tell you God. which one i want to see more <laughs> so well, that's not much of a competition <laughs> i mean even the producer for the assassin's creed film is just like look this film exists primarily to drive people who have probably never played an Assassin's Creed game before. Michael Fassbender married Cotillard! In, or, in order Creed, to play a new Assassin's Creed movie? Creed. I hate you. No. <laughs> no. Let's go to ratings! That was yeah, my... Let's, uh, ratings. That... Let's go to ratings. Mm. Let's go to ratings. I'll start. Okay. Me first. <laughs> um, right down the middle for me because I was really wanting to see this film and I genuinely did really enjoy certain aspects of it, uh, specifically Margot Robbie as Robbie, whatever, as Harley Quinn. I did like Will Smith as Deadshot. I feel like he's a guy whose um, his career just has not done too much lately. And I feel like at least this was slightly entertaining for me. Uh, and the story uh, throughout just as a whole just did not work at all. And the... The Enchantress was terrible, in my opinion. Uh, a horrible storyline. Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg was awful, as per usual. But um, it was a superhero film that had parts of it that I could really get behind. So I'm right down the middle. It's it's two and a half out of five. But for a film that I was extremely excited for, this is without a doubt a disappointment. And um, I think they're going to get another shot because I think there's going to be a Suicide Squad sequel. and yeah. More like Suicide Squad. I, 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 I don't think I they will. I the title. I don't think they will, but I, as someone who really loves the idea of what the Suicide Squad could be, hope that DC learns from the criticisms they are getting, but I don't think they're going to. So, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, but I will say I am at least somewhat interested in seeing a Harley Quinn standalone film after seeing the Suicide Squad movie. So two and a half out of five for me and kind of moving on to Anna. <laughs> so I will give this movie a 3.25 out of five because oh. right out of the movie, I was like three and a half. I enjoyed all the things I thought I would enjoy and most of the things I 
didn't think I would enjoy, I did not enjoy. So, um, as far as superhero films go, this is definitely not one of the best, but it is rewatchable. It is a fun movie. Passable. Passable. Yes. Great word. Um, I liked the soundtrack. I liked most of the characters, uh, the handful of actors that I thought were great, i.e. Margot Robbie and Viola Davis were great and brought their gravitas to a film that was otherwise mostly fun. And then, of course, we saw a little bit of Batman and then, you know, a little bit of The Flash, which is always fun. Really looking forward to The Flash, by the way. Um, Yeah, it was a fun film. I mean, it disappointed in some things, but, I mean, I didn't expect it to be perfect. So, yeah, 3.25 out of 5 for me. Good stuff. Moving on to Tucson. I give this film a a 1.5 out of 5. I thought this was a flaming dog shit sandwich. I really didn't like this film at all, and I'm not trying to be antagonistic. I know that there are going to be people who enjoy this film regardless, and, you know, more power to them if they took... Were able oh, to, oh, oh no! If they were able to, T- take, Tucson's Tucson's reaches breaking point with superhero movies. Yeah, I, I really have. I, I mean, it doesn't. I've, <laughs> I've reached a point where it doesn't really matter if a film is oh, good God. or bad. We're already like on this death march of like superhero media, <laughs> oh, and we're just gonna like we're just gonna go through it until it reaches its its apex, which is it's just going to be just like DC versus Marvel the movie. And then eventually it's going to explode, and then hopefully someday we can get to like the independent comics in order for them to like do a couple of films. I think there's actually a an old uh, comic called Valerian that uh, um, the director of Fifth Element is actually like directing for like next year. So I'm looking forward to that. Luke, Luke Besson. Luke Besson, Luke Besson, Besson is actually like doing that. So Ooh, I'm looking forward to Didn't that. Didn't he just get sued and, and lost? Yeah, I don't from, know. from John Carpenter. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, because one of his movies was a little too similar oh, to Oh, don't from... make me choose. Anyway. No, but he had um, to pay like a... Like, uh, That's what, I don't own. care so, if it was a ripoff or not. That's a scary precedent. To yeah, but didn't you have legal. to pay like something like a million dollars? Oh yeah, it's the like it's the uh, the one that's the raid in space or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's lockout. <laughs> lockout was yeah. apparently too close and similar to Escape from New York, which I'm sorry, but a John Carpenter himself is a genre pastiche man. It's not yeah, like he, he was is. ever telling, shall we say, like the most original story or whatever. Uh, but the idea that any director now owes another director money and it's been recorded in legal history is a scary precedent to set because that's the state of modern I Hollywood. Mean, I yeah, mean, that's a really good what, point what to bring up. The, the, the director of I Have No Mouth and I Am A Screen actually won the, the lawsuit against uh, James Cameron for adapting one of his stories uh, into the Terminator, so he actually like won that. So we'll see. It, it, um, yeah. any, anyways, like just to wrap up what my my whole verdict is. Like, I'm not trying to harsh on DC. I'm not trying to like beat some drum. I'm not trying to like campaign for Marvel. Justice League Unlimited is one of my favorite fucking cartoons of all time, and the question is one of my favorite fucking superheroes. So don't tell me that I don't know my shit or that I don't like DC. I just do not vibe with this current iteration of it and i just really didn't vibe with this film and if you did that's okay it's probably just not going to be my thing it's okay look at where we were with marvel after their first two now granted much different landscape but i i find it very interesting that marvel started off with iron man and then we go into the incredible hulk is their second film i believe Ooh. oh wait that's the one that's that the edward norton. norton one. Oh, that's a good that one. was a major recast actually Technically, yes. but they did that before the, the MCU. Yeah. Do really. you guys know? But, but here's what I'll say. Yes. Th- this is. I, 
I have a question really quickly. I'm okay. Sorry. Do you guys know why Edward Norton only did one Hulk film? They didn't like him. And I think he and probably wasn't really... I, I think at the end of the day... I think it was a mutual breakup. Yeah, because he said he gave them some silly number, and then they were pretty much like, we didn't really want you for the second he, one anyways. He was so. already uh, knee-deep into a sequel for uh, Death to Smoochie, so like, he didn't want to like... You son of a bitch. Yeah. Death he, to Toochie. Oh! I think he pretty much gave them I'm the, joking, the, the Daniel Craig runaround of, hey, how about $100 million? And they're like... Hey, you know, how about you go fuck yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually... <laughs> I think that's probably pretty much how it went. Who's yeah, the I think guy that's from exactly Hustle what they Flow? said. Yeah. Who was in the, the, the first Iron Man, but then he was recasted by Don oh, Cheadle? What's Terrence his face? Howard. Yeah. Terrence Howard. Fuck that because guy. He I almost is, said Terrence It's Malik. because he's like the worst person ever, and to- Don Cheadle, <laughs> excellent replacement. Yes. Yeah. So. Fucking teardrop Terrence Howard. Can't make a movie without crying, fucker. Basically. So, okay, so that was just my question. Go ahead, Alex. No, all I was going to say is that Marvel started off with two films that were standalone movies that... Honestly, people really enjoyed for the most part, but really had no precedent previously to to really stand on. And then we have DC who starts their cinematic universe with a film that tries to cram in all these superheroes. And then another film that tries to cram in all these supervillains into one film. Is it necessarily their... To be fair, Man of Steel came first. Yeah, Man of Steel did come first. It did, well, but it wasn't saying, part... Let's not pretend that Batman that, v Superman was the first one. That's true, yeah. but it wasn't part of necessarily part of this larger attempt at a cinematic universe. Really? I don't think so. Okay. Well, I mean, neither was Iron Man and... Thing. I don't understand what parallel you're drawing. All I'm saying is that I feel like it's, it's hard to really say that... To, it's hard to form an opinion on DC without thinking about Marvel, and I think that's... Yeah, nobody's saying it's not. I, it, <laughs> I, I think that's part of at least the argument of DC Defenders is, and I, I don't think that they are right, but at the same time, I somewhat see a little bit of their argument, but it's just... I don't know. It's it's such a weird landscape to be in where Marvel is 13 movies in and DC is like, look, let's cram this shit because we're way behind and, oh my god, the Avengers almost ruined our company, so here we are. And they've changed their logo four times in the last six years and I don't know what the fuck DC is doing, but but here we are. Yep. Speaking of that, Nick, with your amazing rating. Oh. Yeah, I absolutely hated this movie. <laughs> I thought that the worst thing about Suicide Squad is that it does not live up to its namesake because all the characters were still standing and did not, oh, and did not kill themselves. Hey, man. <laughs> Slipknot practically committed suicide by, like, going against the order yeah, by Ola Davis. Fuck, fuck Boomerang. That fucking yeah. Aussie led him to slaughter. Piece of shit. Um, hey, that's yeah, what happened in the comics, man. Doing, yeah. So. Is that really what happened in the comics? Yeah, but it, it didn't have uh, Slipknot's head explode. I actually looked it up. Like, it's part of his arm. And it's just like, oh, I just needed to find out if it's actually real. It's like, well, no, sorry, no. Slipknot, better you than me. But, but for real, Boomerang and, and Slipknot have that a similar storyline. Oh, that, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. That happened. That, that, I'm, that I'm, entire, I'm, I'm that, on board with that. That entire that. thing just happens because it's a fucking Easter egg. I, I'm, I'm on board with it. I'm sure. Dang. Mm-hmm. All right. Tucson. Not Tucson. You're Nick. Continue with your hating of this movie. You're oh, Nick. I've disappeared from this episode. Completely. I'm Nick. We're starting to mistake. Okay. 
like I said, I thought this was profoundly awful. I thought that the use of a soundtrack was like David Iyer pressing play on his iPod on shuffle and saying, oh my god, this would be a great song. And then clicking the skip and go, oh my god, we need this one in there too. And doing that uh, ten fucking tracks in a row. Uh, I thought that the uh, sexualization of the women in this movie, of which there are only three, and only Amanda Waller... Uh, Four. Ex- uh, was there four? What was the fourth? Amanda the, Waller, the Enchantress, Katana, Harley Oh, yeah, Quinn. Katana. I forget Katana because she's yeah. not allowed to speak English in this movie. Um, I got to say... Not Am- counting the daughter. She's not a... Okay, okay, I will say this. Amanda Waller and Katana kind of escaped this unscathed as far as sexualization, but yeah. that's also a racist thing because they're also both not white. Um, I thought the use of Cara Delevingne's character in this movie, besides the fact that she's probably the most boring supervillain I've ever seen in any movie, uh, I love that the idea, apparently, for the prototype of her villain is, what if we just had a body exotic dancer, exotic belly dancer be a villain? Because that was essentially her role and i'm not just like yeah that was really uncomfortable i'm not saying that as to like exaggerate what she was doing i mean literally when she would just you know be present in a scene she was gyrating the air not doing anything else other than that from tucson maybe anna because i I don't know anything about is enchantress a character who has been in dc beforehand and i couldn't tell you that Oh, I feel like that's a bad start. Sorry, <laughs> no, d- not for her, not for you. Yeah, and also, um, is that somewhat what she looked like? Like, that's what I want to know. Like, is... it doesn't matter what she looked like; it mattered what she did in this movie. I mean, I've well, heard... I mean, I mean, I mean, to go on her looks. Did it... she gyrate in the comics? No, but seriously, I need to that's know. what I'm trying to say. It's not even her outfit, which I find offensive as well. But I'm saying oh. she literally appeared in this movie, stood on top of you know, like when she's trying to be menacing, or whatever. And is making suggestive belly dancer. I don't understand how you could, uh, inter- even if you like the movie, which is totally fine, but I, I don't understand how anybody could watch her and not think that she's pandering to the white like men. Like the and, male gaze. Yeah. I, you mean? Who have erections. I, I, their- I, for the most part, am, am with you, but I don't know anything about her character. So I, I just like wanted to ask the question about from a visual level if that's yeah. what Enchantress looked like. Touching on the male yeah. gaze, let's talk about Harley Quinn's outfit for a second because uh, it's very easy to like try to characterize it as you, you that you knew we did have a whole hour section where people could talk about things right oh i'm sorry <laughs> yeah it's like but we just like talked about that so okay anyway sorry to hijack no, this please continue. but i thought this would be an interesting little aside it's like i actually learned after the fact that her costume actually does have a purpose in that it kind of like it's not a a nod to the actual comic books but rather it is a nod to Debbie Harry who was the lead vocalist of the punk band Blondie and I was like I've actually seen the pictures of it and I'm just like wow it's like that's like a point for point thing is like so I get how they're going I saw for the like, picture that's not a purpose that's an excuse I think that that is actually like the actual inspiration for that look. No, I'm just, saying that is the inspiration. I'm just saying that's not a purpose. That's an excuse. That's a a, a white entitlement. Uh, I think the reason why they did is because they're I, trying to like go for a punk rock look, and they just saw like some some chick who had like some sexy outfit on or whatever. Right. And they decided well, to go well, for well, that. I, and I think that like it, it's 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 not not entirely justified. But I say it's like okay, it's not. This didn't just like hatch out of like some some. I'd be like idea me to, saying, like, some idea to where they're just like, villain. let's put go-go shorts on her and give okay. like a crop top I, on her. I, I'm, on. Not, I'm not even necessarily disagree. I, I didn't even like really care that much about Harley Quinn's outfit because what I mean, I it, it just doesn't bother me. Whatever. I will say this though to go off of what Nick's saying about this. 
it's a little bit like Christopher Nolan saying Inception was about movie making. Yeah, like, like he, it, even if it does uh, somewhat ring true, that doesn't necessarily mean it's not an excuse for why you had that in the movie. I just yeah. think that it looked kind of uncanny. Yeah. No, I'm saying it's clearly a direct correlation. It's not like I think he's lying about it. I'm mm-hmm. saying that is an abuse of power as a director and as a uh, as someone who oversees. What you can disagree. No, 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 I was supposed continue. to be giving my no, final ratings. Like, I don't okay. know how we're even here at this no, point. No, fine. But yeah. I, all I wanted is uh, this movie's fucking awful. Half a star out of five. That's my rating. So oh. there we go. Okay, buddy. So to no, answer <laughs> to answer Alex's question, I'm doing just a little bit of research here. I see Thank no. I see no association of Enchantress with the Suicide Squad. And as far as her appearance goes, I'm getting like Tomb Raider vibes. So oh, well, that she, would be. So I mean, the way she's portrayed in the film. Oh yeah, that's is, pretty much right on par. Then it is not like way off the map. It's way off the map. No, it, it is or it isn't. I'm, I would say wait, that's it's way like off the map. between not the comic way. book and the film. It is off the map. Whenever I hear, if I hear someone being compared to Laura Croft, I'm like, oh, sexualization. Well, but yeah, like, but that's because. Ev- but this this outfit like <laughs> serves a function a because she was type. an archaeologist before, so this which makes sense. technically what, okay. What's her name was? The, okay, let Dr. me really Jim quickly. That was her name. The, the 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 outfit in that Enchantress wears in the third act of the movie. Let's not talk about Doctor whatever or with even, the circuit board tattoos and shit like that. Like, uh, are, talking, are we talking about the outfit that she wears where she has the push up bra and the basically belly where she's just wearing the bikini? And yeah, the that's, that's what I mentioned. You that tell the difference. I mean, they're all the same sort of, but like what? The, the second one has the crown on it. Like after she gets the power from her brother and just no, like, oh, they're stabbing me in the heart. Help me! I mean, even when she's different. still like black and. Oil. That, like when the black about. outfit and it looks yes. like she's just covered in oil that's still pretty revealing but her like final form is like in your face like look at her body like that's and it's not even just the outfit it's the mixture between the outfit and the idea that and i'm not fucking crazy that she's just doing belly dancing in front of the camera <laughs> yeah, i know like, yeah, she that's, is like, that's I, what I, she's doing i i and it's not even an insult to the movie, but that is factually true. She is, I don't, she, she's either having a seizure or she's doing a stripper dance. And there's nothing wrong with strippers and there's not, whatever. But the idea that this was the model in which that they based her villain off of is, is completely no. indicative. Their villain was shit in this movie. Oh, yes. Yeah, in in many ways, shapes, and forms. And uh, Harley Quinn's outfit, interesting that you, uh, everyone brings this up, is Margot Robbie actually hated wearing that outfit she hated it so much and what's interesting i don't know if you guys looked into this at all but looking into female superhero outfit functionality like i feel like that outfit would get uncomfortable really really quickly and i'm amazed that since about the second half of the film was freaking raining how she didn't get hypothermia like nobody really got wet Nobody. Like during the rain, I was just like, maybe that's Except me when I was watching it. Oh, so, anyway, anyways, let's bring it close yeah. to this episode because we've gone on for long. There's enough. no more. It's kind of like the film itself. Uh, it wasn't that? No, long. we. <laughs> it was less it's than two full place. hours. I was gonna say I really didn't feel like this was as much of a drag as something like the Batman vs Superman movie yeah. was. Yeah. No, it was just more problematic. Basically, I sure. wasn't waiting for this movie to be over, though I kind of a little was. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, but at least it, I mean, at least we go into this film and it wasn't like a two hour and 50 minute just continuous thing that you were like, fuck. 
Yes, that's right. So, on our next episode of Film Tank, we'll have a very special guest as uh, Nick's uh, good friend Sarah will be joining us. She'll be coming in all the way from lovely Minnesota, and we'll be talking about one of her and one of your, oh, yeah. that I uh, have heard, favorite films of all time, and that is Igmar Bergman's Persona from 1966. Oh, yeah. Now, since uh, myself and possibly some of our listeners know very little about this film, just fill us in a little bit about what we're going to hear about next week. It is a movie in which it, I guess it sounds bad, but let's just pretend, not pretend, but let's just call it what it is. It is an art house flick Mm -hmm. in which two uh, female protagonists find themselves at odds with each other as their identities are starting to uncomfortably morph together. Hmm. Like that's that's the best as I can explain okay. it because it's truly a visceral experience and the more you uh, not the more but when you start to watch it uh it's got the one of the, if not the greatest opening prologues to ever, to any movie I've ever seen. It's a 7 minute kind of opening credit scene that is if it, if it came out today, in 2016, it would seem insane. The fact that it came out in 1966, it's it's, it's on another world level. So, All right. Yeah. And if you want to hear us talking about with Sarah next week, please uh, tune in to episode 77 of Film Woo-hoo. Tank. And if you have any thoughts on either Persona or also on Suicide Squad or any other film or television series uh, out there, please send them on to filmtankshow at gmail.com. Again, you can always find us at filmtankshow.com or on iTunes or Stitcher or on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram every now and then at Film Tank Show. Thank you very much to Anna Botazadu for joining us again. Thank you for having me on again. Did I say her name right? Yeah, you did. Okay, good. Great job. Thank me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Also, Tucson Egan, Nick Cheney, the regulars. Thank you guys again. I am Alex Diegman, and thank you, the listener, for listening to this episode of Film Tank. We'll catch up with you next time. (laughs) 